Estás en el estudio con Dre, Big H y Triple C. Gente, póngase a escuchar el Silverback Podcast. Me das en Paca, ¿oíste? Silverback Chronicles Podcast. Silverbacks. What's good? We are back. Yes. Like we never left. With more fire. More fire. <laughs> Well, what's up? It's your boys, we back. Silverback. Oh, Jesus. I'm stuttering. Oh, wow. Silverback Chronicles Podcast. Your boy, Big H. Got my brother, Dre. What it is, my people. Yo, 10 toes down, you heard? In my section, minding my business. That's, That's, it. It. That's it. Slow motion. I don't want no problems. No. Triple C. Yo. What's good? Maintaining and chilling, bro. My man. We got an amazing one for you tonight. Hey, yo. Y'all not ready. Hey, yo, y'all not ready. Again, we say this all the time, but every time it just, we keep raising the bar. Raising and the they bar. don't believe us. And we're, we keep proving it time and time again. Like, listen, we different, 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 <clears throat> different. This one tonight, the knowledge. You know, a big word that they use nowadays is called fact-checking. Fact-checking. Yeah. yeah. That's tonight. This one right here is... This gentleman... Listen. Yeah. It's different. Yo. Yo every, to, everybody stand up for this episode. I'm, I'm yeah. sweating right now. Yo, like, I had to, steal, I had right to steal that because y'all the first dudes that brought that like down to Baltimore. Like, we different. I just said, we different. Just put the book walking down the steps in the studio. Yeah. Instagram blew up. 200 views. Easy. It's over. Yo, this is like, like DJ Khaled, shout out. This is another one. It's another one. It's disgusting. But we want to thank all the listeners. We want to thank all the fellow Silverbacks. We want to thank everybody. You know, you guys tune in every week. And, you know, you guys give us the, um, the motivation to keep going. You know, we just, we love you. We appreciate you. And... One thing about us, our grind don't stop, so this is never going to stop. We're just going to keep putting that content out you that putting that content out there that you're not going to get nowhere else. That's raw, that's real, that comes from the soul, and we speak the truth. And the one we got tonight, he speaks the truth. He speaks more than the truth. This is disgusting tonight. Mm. I love every bit of it. You know, people, when you speak the truth, you speak it, but when you put it on paper? When you put it on wax, then it's like... Yeah, this this is gonna last. Yeah. yeah, after I'm gone. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. legacy type shit. Yeah, this yeah. different, different. Because yeah. when you talk, people forget. Yo, we spoke. Oh, well, what you said the other day, I don't remember. Right. But when you put it on paper, right, you can always go back. That's never gonna change. And when you got somebody that comes from the legal aspect, and everything is truth, truth, truth. 
what much more validity do you need? And then when both sides, you know, because now today's society, it's like you have to pick a side. But when both sides agree with this person, wow, that's how you know this person is. Yeah. Official tissue. Yeah. You can't deny it. Absolutely. Can't deny it. But listen, we ain't going to waste no time. Let's get into our sponsors. Yeah, please. Stopbox USA, everybody, always and forever will be Stopbox USA. Don't forget, the, don't forget the discount code, all caps, silverback podcast, all caps, silverback podcast. Go get that. 20% off for your Glocks, your, uh, your SBRs, your shotgun shotguns. The safety box is amazing for it. Remember, put your own code. You unlock it with your own personal code. Take it with you. Take it with you. What? Yeah. TSA approved. Yeah. 100%. You're good. Put it on a plane. You're official. Just make sure you got some documentation, baby. They want you jammed up. Right. But um, what else we got? I give a shout out to the world. Listen, we love you. We appreciate you. Don't ever forget that website, www.silverbackchronicles.com. Go get the, the latest merch. Your boys in blue, we love you. We appreciate you. Always tell a friend to tell a friend, you heard? I want to shout out Mayo Just graduated the other day Yes his, Congratulations to him and his class It's amazing that like In this in today's day and age You still have people That want to do the job Yes and, and still go forward With knowing what's going on With our profession And these You know The class that just graduated They know that And they still You know Went forward Shout out to Mayo And uh, everybody else That you know Still doing good All first responders And a huge shout out to Mayo My man Got dressed for graduation, had his eight point on, had his class A's looking official. Hey, yo, my man did the Superman pose. And when he unbuttoned his shirt, he unbuttoned his shirt to a Silverback Chronicles t shirt. That was a dope. That was amazing. Gave me chills. Like, I was tearing. Like, that just lets us know we're doing the right thing. We got to keep doing what we're and, doing. And we don't know him. No. That's dope. He just listens to the show. Hey, Listen to the show. Hey, Vernon, we're going to need that picture, like, painted and put in the back. Right. Yeah. Back right. there with blue. That was a good picture. That was a dope picture. I'll do that. Yeah. Yo, let's do Come on. But listen. Let's do this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 63, Setenta We got a monster in here tonight. Another Baltimore staple. Yes, another Baltimore staple. People wake up, drink coffee, and, you know, oh, let me see what this guy's talking about from last night. Let me let me get informed. How about that? <laughs> let me get informed. There's no nonsense. From the Baltimore Sun, this guy is amazing at what he does. He speaks the truth. It don't get no better than how he puts it out, how he articulates it. How he excuse me, how he articulates it. And he has a book. <sighs> this guy is amazing. What, what's Arthur. the name of that book right there? What's the name of the book? A true story You own the city True story Of crime, cops, and corruption Listen uh, I don't even want to say no more But ladies and gentlemen Let's get into it Our special guest for this evening Justin Fenton The Justin Fenton The Justin Fenton Of Baltimore Baltimore own Baltimore son Sir, how are you? Hey, hey I'm here Thank you Thanks Thanks for for having me No, thank you for being here so humble. Wow. It's it was time. It had to be. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> like the intro. I know. I I, I, I you know a, a podcast hosted by 
Officers. Yes, sir. I've been on a lot of podcasts, but I, this is this is a first, and I'm looking forward to it. Nah, I appreciate you. I'm glad you can come and just tell us, give us the information, give the world the information that they need to know. And what better than two active detectives on the job right now? Absolutely. So please, Mr. Finn, tell us about yourself. Where are you from, born and raised? I'm from Anne Arundel County outside of Annapolis. Nice. And I went to uh, University of Maryland. Whoa. Journalism school, go Terps, go Terps, and I've been Terps. at the Sun ever since. I've been at the Sun since 2005, and covering uh, police and crime and courts and all that stuff since uh, 2008. So I got thir- 13 years on. Yep, nice. How, how does one become a like crime journalist? So when you go to like journalist school, do you just pick a, a like a category or a specific? No, yeah. not at all. Um, you know, at the time I was covering the school, right? I covered the university president and the, the SGA and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, uh, at my first job at the Sun, I was covering Harford County, which is east of here. And I covered everything. I covered the schools. I covered the county government. I covered the sheriff's office. Uh, anything that was happening in Harford County, I had to cover. Um, and I just so, sort of gravitated towards the crime stories. I thought they were inherently interesting and dramatic. And pe- the readers were interested in them. And there was a lot of you know, just interesting stuff to, to pick through. So I, you know, but I still wasn't, I don't know that I necessarily thought I was going to be doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the crime beat opened up the, the, uh, police beat opened up in 2008 and I got, uh, I got assigned to do it. So, yeah. I loved it ever since. Yeah. I'm sure it keeps you busy. <laughs> keeps you busy. And, and I, and I've also like, I've tried to cover different aspects of it really. I mean, I, for the first several years I covered the police only and there's so much that like is unknown at that point. You go out to a crime scene and everyone's like, what happened? Why did it happen? And, and nobody knows. And so I, I really wanted to cover the courts at a certain point to see cases come to trial, to see the evidence get questioned, to see witnesses who maybe wouldn't talk to me or officers who aren't able to talk to me to sort of present that stuff. And, and, and so all told, I kind of have a, a good like 360 view of things, but I always say that I'm, I'm, I'm always learning. I'm, there's so much more to know. This place is always changing. I used to know the BPD command staff. Like I knew everybody in charge of everything. I have no clue, right? I cannot keep up with this stuff, <laughs> but, but I do have that history of seeing all the changes and stuff like that. And I'm trying to stay on top of it. So, uh, it's, you know, every day is an adventure just like for you guys. Yes, sir. That's awesome. And, you know, that's, that's another reason why you know, this podcast was created. This is a lane that we just love to be in because we tell it the way it is. You know, we pro police, but we also going to call them out if they mess up or do something that's wrong. Mm-hmm. Not within policy, not within power. And a lot of people, you know, they love what we do and we love what we do. And bridging the gap is so ideal in doing that what we do because it just shows the truth and what we do and we you know we love it and uh, and also what you being on it just it puts it ties everything together from what you do and what we do and uh once again i appreciate you and uh this is going to be an amazing episode tonight yeah i was telling you guys off here that you know we 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 definitely one of the criticisms of journalism and crime reporting in particular is that like you know it's always the police side of things and it's like yeah that's that's true to a certain extent i mean we definitely hear from the department we hear the agencies take on things and things that are put in court records but we don't hear from officers we don't hear officers like the things they go through and in, in a way that we can present to the public I, I i i talk to officers a lot and it helps me to understand things and gives me things to look into uh, all, all all around you know good bad in between and uh, so i mean these conversations are are important absolutely so when you were um can you first when you were growing up did you want to um become a um journalist and then two um can you explain the difference between and i hate these like 
social media Twitter journalist versus a <laughs> trained study journalist. Like, yeah, it's a big yeah. difference. I mean, difference. so growing up, no, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do, and but I delivered a newspaper for for money to for basketball jerseys and baseball cards and video games and stuff okay. like that. And my family got two papers delivered, but it didn't occur to me till like I had to put together a college resume mm -hmm. that I might want to do that. And I didn't have anything to put on it. So I started working for the high school paper and I just, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of shy and it got me out of my comfort zone to talk, you know, in order to do the job well, you got to talk to people and you got to engage with them and, and, and go to where they are. And, um, I like, I think the truth is, more interesting than fiction. I, I, there's things I cover, you know, I often say you, you cannot make this stuff up and sometimes they're horrifying and sometimes they're wonderful, but they're all, there's always amazing stories to tell. And I, I love my job uh, as far as, yeah, Twitter, Twitter journals. I mean, you know, I, I use Twitter a lot. I, mm -hmm. I tweet while I'm out doing things. I, I tweet little insights and, and asides, but uh, you know, I still have editors I have to respond to. They they set policies. I propose stories to them. It's very ground up. I don't think people realize that. There's nobody sitting in a boardroom saying, "What are we? Who are we going to go after today? Or what are we going to do?" I mean, it's very much the reporters are supposed to go out into the the field and bring stuff back and say, "This is what I think we should write about." And they work with us from that point. And sometimes they have ideas that they, they pass down, but it's mostly, um, yeah, there's, and so we have a lot of stuff I, we can't report. There's stuff mm. I know about right now that I'm trying to get, and I don't know if it'll ever see the light of day, but, uh, you know, that's part of, you know, having, uh, being part of a news organization versus, you know, getting to spit things out on, yeah. on Twitter. So. I have a question, like being part of a news organization. Now that everything is digital, how does it work? Like, much faster. People are not buying newspapers anymore. Yeah, everything is online. Like, not not to get too much into the weeds and stuff, but I mean, yeah, that's been a huge problem because we. So if you had to buy a newspaper back in the day. If you wanted to read it, you went to the the store and you paid fifty cents or whatever, and you took a copy of it home. And then we started giving away for free, and that that toothpaste is out of the tube. I mean, nobody <laughs> wants to pay anymore. They, they they say if you know we charge people a dollar for three months, and people are like, "You want me to sign up for this like, shit?" What? And it's like. Yeah, it's a dollar. <laughs> like, it used to cost you a dollar every two days, right. like, and it's so they're really starting to put stuff behind the paywall, and people are pissed off about it. And it, you know, I wrote a great story a couple of weeks ago, and they they said we're making it only available to subscribers. I'm like, you're gonna kill my. Not as many people right. are going to read it because I want yeah. people to read it who maybe don't even read our site all the time. So we're trying to work through that stuff. But right. as far as, you know, but also the, the there's there's a lot of pressure. I mean, the, you know, I, I started in 2005 and that was like the Internet existed, but it wasn't as much of a thing. And you really did like work all day on a story and then file it at the end of the day and then like went up the next morning. And now it's like get us a version in 20 minutes and then update it an hour from now and then update it again. And then and, and it's just like a continuous thing. And some, sometimes that leads to like mistakes. Oh, um, so, uh, but, but that's part of our challenge is to make sure we're, you know, hold back on what you don't know, put, put forward what you do and, and keep working at it. And like from a detective standpoint, when you're working a case, there's always things changing. So if I, if I give a command staff a certain amount of information and they go with it, but then I interview somebody else and they're like, no, this is not what happened. This is what happened. It's like, like you said, a lot of mistakes are made. Yeah. And it's not, it's not, you know, there's that line from training day, but it, it's not what you know, it's what you can prove. Right. So there's some people, some people say, how come you won't just say this? And how come you won't, you know, I gave you a tip about so-and-so's doing something they're not supposed to. And what, you know, how come you're sitting on it? It's like, I, cause I need to prove it. I need right. to have like information that can like really, really uh, yeah. hold it down. Well, I'll tell you all first responders and I'll speak on their behalf. We thank you for not rushing it. 
and always putting out quality instead of this is what they need or here's 20 minutes and well, I try. clickbait. <laughs> Thank you for not doing the clickbait stuff because, yeah. you know, that's why you're here. That's what I was going to say. The, the first time I really saw that was when Kobe passed and then to realize like TMZ jumped right on it and his it family didn't even realize. So like right. as a mother, as a parent, I'm sitting there like she found out from TMZ and the and Twitter and everywhere else because because for you all, I, I realized you had to verify two credible sources. Yeah, so that's a 30 elite, minute yeah. window that she was just holding our breath i was like oh i'll tell you a moment God. where I, I i personally learned something and this was i think 2010 2011 there was an officer and i, I feel really bad because i can't remember his name right now off the top of my head but there was an officer in uh, fells point who got killed and uh i was i was pretty new still and and i was at the hospital and and i i, I you know you know how it is everybody's phones blow up everybody's talking about it they're saying it's so and so it's so and so and i thought well everybody knows everybody's talking about it and i put it out there that this officer had been killed his family didn't know yet they were bringing them down from pennsylvania or wherever it was and they hadn't been told yet and i i feel really bad about that i learned, mm-hmm. I learned a lesson that day that it doesn't always matter that even though everybody everybody knows and everybody's gossiping about it, it's like there's some certain things you got to sort of respect. Um, so yeah, there's a family that's going through it, you know. Yeah. For us, it's just talks, but for the, that family, it's a loss. Mm-hmm. So you gotta you gotta guard that to a certain extent. Yeah, that's dope. So <clears throat> you got a nice book there. <laughs> Thank you. I love that cover. Can you can you tell us about the cover? Yeah, the cover. Um, so the picture is of uh, Sergeant Wayne Jenkins, who was the, the the leader of the Gun Trace Task Force. He's doing 25 years and um, and just doing lots of research and trying to. I decided I was going to tell him he was going to be the central focus of the book. There's so many characters, there's so many incidents, there's so many things that happened, and I often felt when I was trying to write the book that like I felt like I was in a football stadium mm-hmm. and every seat was like different piece of information. I was like, how mm-hmm. am I going to tell this story? And I was talking to a friend that I, I really respect who said you got to just focus on somebody, and and it was it was Jenkins. So at some point I was going through footage and information from the the the. The uprising, the unrest, the riots. There's so many different words people want you to use, but <laughs> but but that, that Jenkins, you know, he he was. What I found was that Jenkins, all throughout his career, was always in the middle of everything. Mm. You know, like like as soon as the officers got charged with Freddie Gray's death, who's the one who sends out an email to a whole the whole department saying we got to raise money for them? It's fucking Wayne Jenkins. Of course it's Jenkins. He's always in the middle of everything. So he was out with uh, a colonel riding shotgun. He was suspended at the time. And there's this great picture where uh, one of the protesters, I think it was actually Freddie Gray's friend, uh, has the hands up reflecting in the mirror. And it was just a stri- really striking image. And we always knew that no matter what the cover looked like, it was going to include that somehow. Mm. Just looking at it now and the way you explain it, that's, it is definitely very powerful. So. Yeah. Well, because the, and the book tries to trace not just the gun trace task force case. I mean, that's there's a lot there, but you know, how do we get here? What else has been going on over the past couple of years? You know, the ground shift over the time I've covered the beat has been incredible. <clears throat> when I first started, every politician wanted the FOP's endorsement. Um, the state's attorney's race was fought on who will support police more. Mm-hmm. You know, they were saying that Pat Jessamy didn't support the police. Greg Bernstein said he would. Then Marilyn Mosby ran in 2014 and said, you know. The police are doing their job. The prosecutors aren't. I'm going to make sure that we get crime down. I'm going to work with police. And and we have seen a tremendous shift um, starting around 2014 and 2015 with viral videos every month and, and, and protests in different cities. And, like, the FOP's endorsement in this town is like a scarlet letter. I mean, like, nobody 100%. runs on that anymore. No. And, and that, that's a tremendous shift in just a couple years. Um, so I, I wanted to walk through all this stuff. Like, well, you know, we did zero tolerance. 
We tried to do, you know, violent repeat offenders focusing on them. We, we had a reform commissioner come in. We had Freddie Gray and Black Lives Matter. And then, then the crime rate went up. And that meant that we, you know, everybody wants to bring the crime rate down. And, and they wanted to respond to that. And it's just, there's a lot of background there to tell that story in its full context. Mm. How that you, was a lot. That was a lot. Yeah, I was going to ask. That was, <laughs> <laughs> because, no, it's all it's all home runs. Like you're absolutely yeah. right. How do wow. you how do you sit down? So when you're writing something like this, is it a timeline or is it just gathering yeah. all the information first? I or, had to. Yeah, yeah it's not normally of, how I do it. But when I started to put things together, like I would have an incident where the the gun trace task force robs somebody, and I was like, what else happened that day? And it would be like the day all eyes were on one of the Freddie Gray case trials. Like a verdict came down. And every, while, while it seems like the whole media and the whole city and the whole world is looking at this city and, and police misconduct, these guys are hitting the streets, jacking people up and pulling them over without probable cause and stealing money yeah, from them. And, and it really that. underscored that, like, you know, again, it's not to say that that's what everybody was doing, but right. for, for people who were so inclined to do that, they felt like as though no one was paying any attention to what they were doing, that they could get away with anything. The, the day the civil rights investigation from the Justice Department came out saying that, you know, Traffic stops weren't being conducted properly. They were disproportionately pulling over black people. <clears throat> they they hit that the streets that night and pulled over like twenty five people, <laughs> people at gas pumps who didn't have their seatbelts on and they're searching their cars and it's like the same night. And so it's like, you know, just putting that all together, yeah. explaining it in the totality. It was an interesting. Like it, it just it again it like put it all in in perspective. Yeah, I from from my wife and I reading a book. It was um. It, it was very well written and it really takes you in different areas because, again, like I was I was trying to look like, OK, where is he trying to take us? But then as you can then as like you kind of get to the end, you're like, oh, my God, like this is. I don't know how you all write like that, but it's amazing because <laughs> well, like, that's the thing. I'm not trying to take you anywhere. That, that, that's ultimately what it comes down to. I wanted to talk to drug dealers. I want to talk to dirty cops. I want to talk to good cops. I want to talk to, you know. Uh, people caught in the in just in the in the middle, and all those perspectives are there, yeah. and I'm so proud of that. Like there's Each certain officers kind of written. Yeah, I mean, I had Maurice yeah. Ward from the Gun Trace Task Force tell me everything. I had all this testimony, but then I also had Ryan Gwynn, who's like kind of in the you know you know he's in the, he like he knows some of this stuff, but he says he wasn't really involved, and he he actually helped the government to bring the case, but now he's up in a different state selling insurance because he kind of got run out of the agency, and then there's James Kostopoulos, who's still with the agency. I think he, I think he's a sergeant now. And he's, you know, he's like, I didn't know any of this stuff was going on. Like, I thought Jenkins was my hero. And then you got Antonio Shropshire, whose drug crew was the one that got them all into this. And I just wanted there to be this, like, kaleidoscope of characters and perspectives. Because, frankly, when I sat down with all this, I'm like, I don't know what to think of it. Like, I, I don't, I'm not trying to tell people anything. Like, I want you to have all this information and, like, you take away from it what you will. Yeah, that was dope. That was it. Like, like I told you, it was, I just need you to write my book. It, it's, not, it's not, it's not as even as interesting as that, but I love how each chapter like supported it. And then at the end, it made sense. Yeah. And I'm glad I felt, felt like I packed a whole lot of stuff in here. No. And the fact that people could it read really it and good. keep up with it. I'm like, that's good because yeah. I was a little worried. about it. No, it was real. It was really good. It was really good. Shout out to uh, K stop and Gwen. Those are, those are really good guys right there. Yeah. Gwen, Gwen story is <clears throat> very important to me. And, and that was something that I had to sit on for a long time. And he said, I'll talk to you for the book, but I don't want to be in the paper every day. So we just kept in touch and the series of interviews over a period of time. And, you know, I think his story is um, really important. 
because I the, the the one of the things that I that I ask them all the time is being being good cops even when you know you have just like for what you were saying sitting in the middle having people that love you and trust you this way and then other people this way that you work with blah 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 and everybody on both ends when you're just <clears throat> trying to get up and do your job and I equate it to me growing up you know for for us growing up in 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 these neighborhoods where it's like, oh man, you a sucker. You don't want to go do this with us. And I'm just like, no, nah, I, I don't like, I don't, I don't, nah, I don't want to go to jail. I don't want to this, that and the fourth. And then it's like, you getting it from this side. And then from the other side, you're like, oh man, well you really ain't from that. Cause you didn't do that. It's like, you're just caught. You're always caught in the middle of it. So yeah. even when I go out now into my old neighborhood, it's like people will start straying away from me. Cause they're like, oh, here he come, here come the fed. It's like, bro, I'm not even, what are you talking about? Cause I'm just doing I'm just trying to I'm just trying to get up and just support my family. Yeah. Every day. So And that was one of the things that I think too, coming out of that trial, I mean like Detective Gondo, he testified like everybody was doing this stuff. Everybody's stealing. And it's like, okay, let's let's find out. Let's ask people what you know, let's get people to to get real and talk about what's what's really going on. And that wasn't, you know, whether people were telling me the truth or not, people were like, No, man, I, I don't know anything about that. That's crazy. Like maybe in his world that's what everybody was doing, but we don't know anything <clears throat> about that. Yeah. And to see like you know, I did a public records request for Jenkins' emails. Mm-hmm. I said, I want to see these conversations. I know that he wouldn't put stuff in email. He's not going to say, I'm, let's go rob a house t- tonight. But, you know, but the things that were put in email, like the, the supervisors being obsessed with him, him putting out emails every morning saying we got five guns last night. I mean, that, and then everybody responding, the, the higher up saying, great, great job. Can you teach other people how to do this? Man, you're incredible. You're going to be commissioner one day. I mean, like that helps to show like, you know, it's probably not this environment where everybody knows and everybody's just turning a blind right. eye. They, they're actually really enamored with what he's doing. Right. And maybe not looking closely enough, but like, you know, it's 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 complicated. Yeah. It's, it's extremely complicated because him and I, we were in the same district when he was working. Then when he went to that side, to the drug enforcement side, the supervisors, there's plenty of supervisors, shout out to all of them, that did not know us as squads. We did not know. So I could tell you, like, our stories. Shout out to uh, 410 G-Man. What was your sector then? So, no, we had the whole city. Oh, okay. We had the whole city. And, you know, it's like they're enforcement. We're investigative. They're doing their thing. And then, like you just mentioned, you know how hard it is to get a gun on the street? (laughs) You know how hard it is to read certain characteristics Mm -hmm. of a person that's carrying a weapon? extremely hard he's giving you the side of him being a detective in the drug work now. right yep. so like yeah absolutely so f- like our story was like jeez you know like man i'm out here busting my ass i'm really out here trying to help the citizens i'm really out here trying to keep this the city safe these dudes are running and you, you see an email five guns and i'm like wow you know, no, no, but but did that did that make you think that well that that's not right? Nobody can do that if they do it know, the right honestly, way. Honestly, no. to be honest with you, the way Jenkins was, he was a master of that shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> like he was so nice. Like you got detectives that are just master of their craft. Right, he knew how to work. Yeah. And I, that, like, that, I that's what I heard from people. They said he would be driving down the street and say, he'd slam on the brakes and say, that guy's got a gun. And they're like, what are you talking no, about? No he'd turn around and they, and the guy's no a gun. bullshit. Yeah. They have a gun. Yeah. He was that, he was an expert at it. And that's what I know him as. Right. When I met him, when he came to the Northeast, he was just a beast. And the people that he had with him, like, they just, they know, they know how to get guns. Yeah. And the unfortunate thing is, um, 
people who worked with him over the years. I mean, there's just like a tremendous amount uh, for someone like me. Like, I don't, I'm like, how can you work with this guy and not know what was going on? And, and I understand that they, there's different levels to stuff, but like it, it casts a, 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 a shadow over a lot of people who maybe don't deserve it. Of course. And, it, and it's a mess. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I would, you know, we had that shadow because he's getting, I rem- I will never forget. I came home. I want to say it was 2016. We ended the year. He had, I want to say, 212 guns for the year. Or like 240. We had 72. You know what I'm saying? Like, And we just thought, like, <laughs> we got to step our game up. <laughs> like, what are we doing wrong? Compare water belly like, to fucking plums. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, you know, we're like, we're like, we need more training. We need to do this. We never once thought it was what happened. Right. I'll, yo, I'm t- I'm telling you, from being there, no one knew. Well, some people. Yeah, but you know what? It's, it's the people that don't work with him personally every day, but you see him and you meet him, and then you go out there just to see how he conducts his business. Yeah, and it's like, oh, well, he just got that. Like I saw it. That's legit. That's exactly what someone I interviewed told me. They're like, 100%. they're like, I rode with him. Like I saw right. it. Like I had no issues with what he was doing, and that leads to people giving him that space to say, you know, do go your thing. do what you do, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean who would know it would lead to this shit. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, That's he, crazy. I can't say much about his crew because I don't really know. Uh, yeah, them. I don't know them like that. There was a few of them that I would look at them on. Like, I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, I would measure myself up and I would tell him, I'm like, why the fuck does Jenkins have these soft ass dudes? <laughs> like I fight better than oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it it was a blessing, you know, that it just so happened that I never, I was never a part of it. Like, but I will measure myself up. Like, I need to step my game up. Yeah. What am I doing wrong? I'm out here. I'm putting the work in. I'm doing twenty hours a day, like on the street, like just straight looking for guns. With, like I said, my man four ten G man. Like, and, and we're just like, what? What are we doing? I remember one time we got two guns in one day, and it was like. The Super Bowl. Yeah. No, there's one officer who told me that he he said, like, why can't I be like him? And he said that he would actually, like, in the evidence control line, would, like, walk up and down being like, what the, the fuck am I? How come you guys can't get as many guns as I'm getting? Like, rallying people <laughs> to do it, too. And so, like, again, like, that creates this, like, environment. And, and it's not what people think. It, it's not what people it's think. It's not. But I can also tell you, like, like my buddy G, he's a, a huge you know i wouldn't say f- he's a huge fan of yours like he's the one that when i first came to baltimore he's like you, you gotta read about you gotta read Justin fans articles so shout out to g but we would he he told me a lot and we would be riding around and we would just be like we gotta step it up but he was also the first person like something's going on yeah and then we realized that everything was, we were being watched and we were like, I mean, I didn't know, but he knew. Like, he could just tell, like, things were awkward. And he was never around us. He was, like, never with us. We never saw him. Are you talking about Jenkins? Yeah, we, like. Oh, no, he was on the other the side of his, yeah, yeah, No, but what I'm saying, like, in our offices. Can like, you explain that to shit. me, by the way? Like, you, so you were telling me before that there was, like, a, and I, and I know a little bit about this, but there, so there was, like, a second or even third GTTF created kind of late in the process, because, again, I think they were so enamored with what so, his squad was doing that they created, like, a more. So the focus was to get guns off the streets, you know, just go after, like, the hardest criminals in the city. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm for that. We're all for that. Because if you eliminate or if you remove the hardest criminals in the street, you have safer streets. Um, we were a part of a, an investigative squad. So we investigated certain targets. It had, but it had the name, though, but it was separate, right? It was it was the name. Yeah. It was the name. But we we our role was in a different capacity. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of, like, just sitting back and watching. And what was the fallout of, of all this for, the, for, for that initiative? <laughs> the, um, a lot of careers were, were, were derailed because um, everything got dissolved. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, like I've, me, I can talk about me. Yeah. I got sent back to patrol. And I'm like, I didn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, I mean, <laughs> Kevin Davis said, I, I'm getting rid of plane clothes. Which oh, no. It's back now, but. Completely dissolved. Yeah. Like it was a. If you listen to uh, Reggie, remember Reggie Parker's episode? Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm tired of this shit. You guys are done. <laughs> you got to go back to the streets. Well, <laughs> Corey, Reggie, Reggie, stand, stand by. Because <laughs> I, I really want to really ask you guys about this, though, because I feel like I've had a real... Um, so let me say this first. Like, when the GTTF indictments came down, I didn't really know those guys. I knew Herschel because he'd been in the news a lot. He had a lot of lawsuit settlements. He had his stuff with Young Moose. Like, everybody knew about Herschel. Like, that's one of those guys where... You should, people say we should have known. We we knew. We, we, were, we were talking about Herschel. Rayum, one of the first things I wrote on the beat, he shot three people in 20 months. I remember the name. I hadn't heard about him since. Other guys, I never heard of him. I'm embarrassed to say, I didn't know who Wayne Jenkins was. That name meant nothing to me. And it's because we at the paper cover homicides, mm-hmm. and we cover the administration. So that kind of street enforcement work that's actually the bread and butter of the police department, mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about it, really, uh, other than occasionally you know, a public defender would bring a challenge to an officer's record or something. We hear bits and pieces. But, let me, so, but as I delve deeper into like the proactive policing, you know, like when I got the body cameras from the GTTF for cases where they didn't find anything. So when they find something, it's great police work, right? A person didn't signal. They didn't, you know, the taillights out and we ended up finding a gun. Good, good job. But I saw so many cases where they pulled, like there was one guy eating a taco bowl. He's sitting there. It's broad daylight. His car is parked six feet from the, from the curb, but he's just chilling, eating lunch. And he's got sauce all over his beard mm-hmm. <laughs> and and Herschel goes up to me he's like hey man wh- what's going on here how come you're parked so far from the curb the guy's like oh i'm just i'm just eating lunch and he's like well uh smell weed and uh, you look really nervous right now the guy's like oh, i'm not nervous i'm just chilling and they're like sir you know we, we, we're gonna search this car okay and they they, they they give this guy this whole thing and, and there's nothing in the car and i'm thinking to myself how much proactive policing that we don't hear about that the community experiences like i'm wondering like how you guys feel about proactive policing. Like if you feel like it's like integral to the job, like we you got to do it. Like there's no other way. If you don't make people feel as though they shouldn't be riding around with a gun, they're going to do it. And then they're going to shoot somebody or whether it really is like a, 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 a driving a wedge between the community. You, you want to go first? <laughs> that's, yeah. a, that's a deep question, but I mean, I really, I, <laughs> I, cause I'm struggling with that. Like currently I, like, I am a huge fan of proactive policing. Me too. Okay. okay. I believe it's necessary. Um, in society, right, you have certain people like us that are willing to go out there and possibly lose your life to protect strangers. And to do that, you have to do proactive policing because bad guys are not like, you know, buying guns from the ATF. They're not doing that. It's a lot of like, you know, working in the shadows. So you have to be aggressive in order to stop like 
like that wolf at your doorstep, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But like, know? what about when the sheep get get caught up in it? Though, is that just like that's just collateral damage, or or that's just you know, <sighs> hey, if we didn't, if we let you on your way, like, what's the big deal? That's tough. What do, what do you mean if we let you on your way? Right. Like if it if it doesn't amount to anything, it's no harm, no foul. But then again, people would but say, see, "Well, but I got pulled over for bullshit." But and no, searched. that's that's the thing is, it's an investigation. Mm-hmm. It's an investigation. But did you really have to stop that guy? If you're doing your job, you never have to worry about the outcome because you do it to a T, and you don't have to think twice about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. If you're just being a dick, start with somebody. Get you're fucking wrong. Yeah. 100%. Like the dude that was he's eating lunch. Yeah. Why are you bothering them? Leave them alone. Yeah. No, that that was the other thing. Like the the I mentioned this I think before, but like there's so many cases where someone like they were at a CVS and they drive off the lot and they know their seatbelts on. And I mean, I do that every day. <laughs> I do that every time I get right. in my car. I may think about it at the first stoplight and they're pulling people over. But guess what? In like some of those cases, one of those cases they had a paraplegic guy. He's driving with a uh, like a uh, contraption thing because he's got he's in a wheelchair and like there's a gun in the car Mm -hmm. i mean i saw it it's on tape like it's true but it's like but like if they hadn't caught something that guy would have gone back and been like man i'm a fucking paraplegic and you pull me over as they drive out of a cvs are you kidding me but like what they did was they pulled him over and then they 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 did this thing where they stood against the car windows they put their arms up and they leaned in real close Mm -hmm. and they just looking 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 and like there's a bag down there what's what's in the bag and then they see there's a a handle of a gun sticking out and then they got the gun plain view yeah yeah i mean working in the city i've seen people in wheelchairs and they sit on guns yeah absolutely and it's like i don't want to search them because it's like if i'm wrong that's a lawsuit but the guy has a gun they like the way they use it to their advantage it's kind of like it's it's law though right oh definitely I, i sat there a suppression hearing two days ago in federal court where you know, someone got pulled over for a seatbelt. Passenger without a seatbelt. They smelled air freshener, not marijuana. They smelled air freshener. Guys acting nervous, and they searched the car and they, they found a gun. And the judge said, "You did everything right." And the, and, the, and the defense is saying, "This is bullshit." Like, no, no because you, <laughs> got your, you got your RAS. Yeah, yeah. what gives you? What gives you? What gives you? That's the key. RAS gives you the key to get inside the vehicle. Right. You need your reasonable articulable suspicion to get you inside to investigate even further. Yeah. Except if he hadn't had anything. If you hadn't, if you didn't he would, have anything, he would say that's that was bullshit. Right. Yeah. Well, if you didn't have anything, you can. You, first and foremost, you always have to get your driver, whatever the stop was for, give him that. Yeah. Then of course you got you got to run them. Yeah. Make sure they're valid driver. So it's you know it's plenty of ways to skin a cat in a car stop. But a lot of times, it's if an officer is really doing his job, or he's just being an asshole, mm-hmm. and that's what those, and that's where there's a that's lot of miscommunication. That's the yeah. fine line. Yeah, is he really doing his job, or he just wants to be a dick? There's a story I'm working on right now where a guy got pulled pulled over, and and uh, it was for a, a turn signal, and uh, he ends up getting pulled out, and he's like, "This is crazy! I can't believe you're doing this to me! I I, I missed a turn signal. How come you're?" Pulling me out of my car. Why am I out of my car right now? Because I didn't have a turn signal. And what the officer didn't tell him, never told him, but he tells his partner um, in the in the in the car is that he was he he was observing this guy watching a vigil for a murder victim, and the guy was in his car, sort of laying back, and he's like, I don't I don't like this. Something bad's gonna happen. And so he kind of followed the guy and waited till he slipped up. And they pulled him over, but he didn't tell the guy that. And so the guy's like, "This is crazy! I can't believe you're doing this to me." Meanwhile, the officer knows what he's doing. And he doesn't want to tell the guy he all that background. And it's just like for me, it was like a perfect example of like the the disconnect. Because I watched that video, and I think every officer and 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 many people who support officers would go, 
he did everything he's supposed to. Good, good job. You should do that. You should follow people who are lurking around vigils. Correct. And anybody else who watches is going to be like, man, are you kidding me? Like, you, you totally harass this I mean, guy as bullshit. So, we all know what happens at vigils, right? They get shot up. They shoot up. So that officer was on point. He was yeah. trying to prevent something. To me, it's a Rorschach test to me. People, people are <clears> going <throat> to see. I cannot convince one side no. of what the other thinks. And it just is what it is. It's, yeah. You know, it's damned if you do and damned if you Correct. don't. And that's why I advise a lot of people to go out to do ride-alongs. Inquire. Ask that officer, why you do that? Any you, reason for that? Yeah. Because that officer, he can give you a better a better answer to what you're asking and give you a better insight. Oh, I, you know what? I didn't think of it like that. Of course, I wouldn't. I would. Of course, I would expect you not to think like that because you don't do what I do 24-7. Yeah. Correct. 365 days a year. That's what we specialize in. Do you, do you know, like, I have the right to stop you if you're riding a bicycle? A sidewalk. Oh yeah, there's all sorts of stuff that the law, the the legislators have passed that they also don't want you to do, but they won't repeal it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, it, it, you know what? And that's a city ordinance. That's right. City. Right. Those right. old Marple codes. Like, so I, it's like I would be pissed if a cop stopped my son because he's riding a bicycle on a sidewalk. But we didn't write the law. Right. We didn't put that into place. We're just enforcing it. But when you go downtown, these kids nowadays they're reckless. 100%. On Pratt Street, they're riding through people. They're missing. They're barely hitting people. They're riding through traffic, just reckless. There's no need for that. But then you wonder why we stop them, and it's a reason why. But then it's another reason why we kind of get jammed up. Why'd you have to stop them? Right. I mean, more, more. It feels to me that the, the the philosophy is the more contacts, the more opportunities to find stuff, warrants, contraband, you know, whatever. Like you're gonna, if you just have more interactions, you're gonna find more stuff. You know, but those right. also lead to more people feeling. That they got, you know, they're being harassed. But you know, the number one thing, the number, one, the number one thing on getting guns and drugs, you know what it's on? Car stops. Yeah. Oh, t- totally. Yeah. Car stops. That's the biggest transport right there. That's it. Yeah. Now, if I, you stop them, heart beating through a shirt, smell like weed, acting all like, bro, I just stopped. I just pulled you over. How you doing, sir? It's thirty three degrees and you're drenched and you're dressed in sweat. But but that like but mean? that comes back to like people are like they're nervous about they've seen videos they they don't know what's gonna happen like it's like it could be a lot of things it's it's a mess. <laughs> no, I it, mean it is. But you know what? Mess. It leads. It, it, it's a great investigation mm-hmm. because that's not normal. Some activity people display. I get if you're just nervous. That comes with any car stop. You see the overhead, the lights. Oh shit! What I get stopped for? Yeah. But being a great officer, articulating to that individual why you stopped him. Well, and again, it, it comes down to what we want police to do. I mean, if you know, I've heard people say, "I'm we, glad you said that." Well, it, it, you know, if, if if you just if you're responding to crimes and trying to investigate them, mm-hmm. you know, you it's kind of like 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 firemen. Really, you're showing up after the fire has already burned down the house, and now we're going to try to solve it. And then, so I think the the push over the years has been like, no, 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 stop the shooting before it happens. Get the guy with the gun. But then it's like there's so many reasons people carry guns, or some people don't have guns at all. And I just I'm interested in this moment. You know, it's interesting. I think you know for all the I hear from a lot of officers, they feel like they can't do this kind of work. But I think they can. The courts uphold it. I think Commissioner Harrison, you know, he's kept the plainclothes units. I think that we are still seeing it. Absolutely. Even if people feel a little more jammed up because they feel like they're being over-scrutinized or, or, or they, they could face, you know, charges if something goes wrong. But it, it is occurring. But the question is, if people don't want it to occur, what then? Like That's what I'm struggling with. It's like, well, what are we going to do instead and 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 you know maybe that's what this defund police is all about is well we just we want to fund you know on the on the on the you know other end of things we want to increase education so people don't do that or don't have 
or they have work training so that well, they don't do that. But like that's that's like a, such a long term goal too, and it's just like right. I, I I don't have the answers to any of this stuff. <laughs> well, if, if I, I really want, don't. I'm not trying to <laughs> preach. I I don't know. If if they want to increase education, then I feel like there should be a class, especially in today's day and age, on what to do when you get stopped by police. Like maybe like a senior year high school class. Right before you graduate, like a quick, you know, I feel like if you're going to put so much money, if you're going to take away money from police and you want to put it, quote unquote, into education, then there should be a class that you give to every senior because most seniors are driving. And this is what happens if you get stopped by police in a car. Yeah. I think I think that's that needs should, to be taught. I think it should be implemented, but it should be implemented every year. Ninth, 10th, 11th grade, 12th grade, just to get them like a lead up. Of course, to let them gotcha. know. Listen, you're about to enter society as an adult. Well, I'm going to bring this back around too. I I feel like there's a silent majority in the city because I've 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 spoken with them. I they're the ones who go to the community meetings who who do want the police who do not want defunding of the police. And I think I you know I think that I mean the, you don't want that because the city's already messed up. I, there's there's there's, a, there's like a, there's like opinion polls that show that like 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 uh, black Americans like want do not want defunding by a, a margin of like seventy thirty. It's true, and it's like but you don't hear from them. Um, they're the ones who have don't loiter on my steps painted on the steps. So the ones who call and say there's, you know, yeah. I, there was a documentary called charm city came out a couple of years ago and oh, there's a young cool. officer and he's called because there's loud, there's loud music mm-hmm. and he shows up and it's kids practicing band. And he's been called there by another resident to say, break these kids up. The band music is bothering mm-hmm. me. And he sits in his car like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to. I don't want to break these right. kids up practicing their music. That call. He was assigned to that call. He didn't want to do that. <laughs> and I got it, so it's just like it's. It really is like this. Like, and I see Deputy Barksdale on on Twitter. He talks a lot about these dice games and and corner clearing. And it's like, man, we are in a <laughs> difficult uh, times we, where it's like you know, it's like there's some people who do want that, and a lot of people say no, no, no. Like people are allowed to c- congregate on the street when it's nice outside and, and not have not get hassled and like. I hear both sides. We we will go to calls, <clears throat> and it'll be like kids playing in the alley. And we'll show up, and it's like, I'm not gonna get out the car, me in uniform. This could be the kid's first time interaction with a police officer, and I'm telling you, you can't play football in your alley. That's something that in within the community. And their own neighbor called <coughs> ca- called me. you there. They put you in that yeah, position. It was to the make neighbor. That call. It wasn't us, yeah. because we don't have a like we don't have a crystal ball. There's no police officer in this country that has a crystal ball in their car and says, there's, there's kids playing in the alley right now. I think I'm going to go stop that. That doesn't work. It was someone that called, and now we have to go and be, you know, bad news bears. Yeah. And it's like that first interaction with a kid, he's going to look at us like, damn, like you really, you know, for kids, this is the only thing they may have going outside and playing catch, you know? And I have to come and, and stop that that's something that within the community you know whoever calls should have been like hey guys i gotta work up i gotta wake i, I gotta go work at 6 a.m you mind keeping it down that's not a police and so interaction. like in, in your discretion like how would you uh, like i'm, I'm sure every situation is different but you know don't mean to cut you off but that's the biggest thing using your discretion as an officer mm-hmm. choosing your battles 100 percent if you see you get a call like that, I'm not bothering kids. Go play basketball. Go play. I want you to do that because right. they can be doing a lot worse in this city. 100. Yeah. percent So when you get a call like that, I code that shit out immediately. <laughs> I'm gonna drive past it, make sure they playing. That's fine. Go play. I'm gonna talk to them because you know why? It breaks that that stigma mm-hmm. of officers are bad. 
No, I'm going to get out. I'm going to talk. I'm going to introduce myself to these young men, these young kings, so that they understand. You know what? That's a great officer. Officer Horton, I love him. He came by. He got his. You know how many times me and Dre then bought ice cream for these kids? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, give them money out of, give them out money out of our pockets. Give them money out of our pockets. But see, I don't care. I don't need that to be recorded. I don't want that to be recorded because that's something yeah. that we do. Yeah, that's just from our hearts. We'll go to we'll go to like you know like the same call, and instead of um, telling them you can't play football, you can't play catch. Now, because he used to play football, now we're throwing the ball to them. Now we're commuting. We're we're creating this this you know like unspoken bond unspoken correct communication. Like wow, th- these cops are cool, man. They are throwing the ball, but now what happens? The person that called now puts a complaint on us. Complains the city they council person. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. The mayor. They own. came here and they didn't do anything. Right. They allow these kids to play ball. They yeah. kids. And it's, or like a loud music complaint. And it's funny it's you say Friday that. It's Friday night. You know, people get off of work. You know, they might have got good news, and they're listening to music. It's not you know Monday at one a.m. You but know it, what I'm isn't there also definitely a thing though where police see a group of people and think. Nothing good's going to come with it. No, like, no, like, I'm glad you said that. Yeah. See, I was that follow up to what I was going to answer your question. It's a great point. The congregation thing. Yeah. With every officer, if you know your patrolling sector or where you patrol the most, <clears throat> you know your high crime areas, you know your drug dealers. So the, you say you get a call for the congregation. You get there, there in the middle of the block. You know, you know they sell drugs. You know those are your hood boys. So you might want to break that up. That's again using your discretion because you you're an officer in that in that area, so you know how that area operates. Yeah, I would tell them, "Hey, yo, do me a favor, go down the block, go inside your house over there," because nine times out of ten, if they're still out there, guess what happens? Drive by what? Well, not nine times out of ten, but it is a potential. Yeah, definitely. there's a potential definitely. that could yeah. happen. Yeah, if they're out there congregating drug dealers, that you know. The enemies are, <clears throat> are not far behind. Yeah, I mean, and again, that's that that's a disconnect where it's like. They're breaking it up because it, you don't want anything to happen to those people. Right. And it, in breaking it up, people are like, "Why are you hassling me? <laughs> like, I'm just out. I'm 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 having a good time." And you know, that's the that's that that that's but that know, tension. But that we know what breaks it up too. When we play them, the actual radio, the dispatcher, like, "Yo, you think I'm playing with you? KGA, would you give me the call for?" And the KGA gave their description in reference to an anonymous call. Yeah. So I'm not here busting your balls, bros. I got a call. Yeah. So your neighbors are around here. They don't want you out here. So that breaks that down. That also builds rapport to where, you know what? He's not an asshole. He's really doing his job. Right. And that's for the officers usually on the west side of the city where you see a big group of people in the hood selling drugs or whatever, congregating. But then the same thing might happen in the southern, in Fed Hill, or in Canton. You see a group of people in the middle of the street. What do you think is going to happen? Bar fight. Yeah, I got to break that up too. So it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's just in the hood is the hood, but in like, you know, like the tourist area, it's a bar fight or, I mean, because that's what happens. So it's like, you have to do both. Yeah. You just have to gauge and use your discretion. But now nah, we love it. But Policing is fun to me. It's still fun. I love it. It's the, I love, we, man, we used to be out there on Bel Air Road and just sit in front of the store and like, the people from the community would be like, thank you for being here, you know? Because now our presence alone deters certain... Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I definitely think that um, this city has a complicated relationship with its police, and it's not it's not the way it's always portrayed. It, it, you know, there's a lot of 
demands and a lot of request and you know and a lot of and I think I think I think a lot of the city leaders know that. I think Brandon Scott knows that. Brandon Scott's now, like, Brandon Scott's a great guy. And he 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 knows a lot of officers and he's yeah. been we know very him personally involved. from the northeast. Yeah, and he's he grew up and he he know he he knows the issues and I I, I think that he's gonna try to walk that tightrope <laughs> of uh you know some of the things that, that <clears throat> I mean it's not just he is it's every major urban city in, across the country. I think he's going to try to t- approach it in a way that others haven't, but I think he's going to, I think he's, um, I don't want to say this. I, I think he's not, he's not um, going to fully embrace this stuff either. I, you know, I think that some, you know, Catherine Pugh, you know, like a woman, she's 70 years old. She's been in politics for decades. You know, Brandon's got like a different, like, like um, constituency, but I also think that he knows what the community wants and, and he's going to try to like reconcile that. And I don't know how it's going to shake out, but Anyway, I'm so. I'm not in a position of power, but what I would bring would be like trades. I would mm-hmm. I would implement some type of program so that these young brothers out there, young young sisters out there, hey, you want to be an electrician? That's a phenomenal career. Yeah. Hey, you want to be a plumber? Hey, you want to hang sheetrock? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because if you really break it down, like Baltimore was a huge busting industrial town, mm-hmm. and if I feel like we get back to the basics. If fine, I don't care. Take the money away from us. I get it. Let me work my overtime though, because I need. You know what I'm saying? We gotta work the overtime. I'm not gonna abuse it, but you know, we we also got mouths to feed. But if it goes to them and it's like it's being done the right way, they're learning. Like you said, every year in high school, if they shrink the force. You guys will be working way more overtime. <laughs> but they don't understand that though. Yeah. Like we're down to like maybe I don't know. We're down a, to the bare bones. We're down to like a thousand officers doing a job of maybe three thousand officers. So like overtime has to be paid. Yeah. But, but that's what I'm saying. Like you have guys that are willing. You have I'm sorry, not guys. You have officers that are willing to stay and help. We don't care about the money. We really just want to be there, and it continues to. You learn your craft. You help people. Every time you see a, you know, a um, child abuse call, every time you get that, it makes you a better child abuse investigator. Well, that, that's an interesting point, though. What do you, how do you feel about officers being taken out of stuff like that? Do you support that? What do you mean taken out of? So, like, people say, like, social workers should go to that. Well, no, they're saying, like, there's an, there's an argument that says, so here's, here's why how should works. you have to go with a gun to something like that? We, we get a call, and it's like, the CPS worker is not doing anything. And it's like, you know, we're here for crime. I get it. There may be a crime may have happened, but sometimes mom may have slapped, you know, child on the butt a little too hard. Now it's child abuse. And again, a call you're being asked to go to. Yeah. But, but that's because the city only has that mechanism to right. respond. Like we don't specialize in asking. We learned and we do it now, but like asking those tough questions like we're here to get guns. We're here to stop crime. So like when, but like I'm talking about like when someone has like a mental health crisis, like you don't want to be there. Now you have to. You have to. No, no, but you don't want to be there, right? No, I no, enjoy. We want to be there. <laughs> we want to be there because we're helping. Well, wait, but but what if, what if a what if a social worker could go instead, and you didn't have to deal with it? Justin, a social worker cannot handle a mental. What if he's got call. a knife? Uh-huh. That that wasn't recorded on, on, on the phone conversation with dispatcher. Yeah, what? we're there to investigate. Yeah. One of the hardest fights I've had on this job was a call of a Bel Air 45 year old man, lean, just out of his mind. Crazy. Yeah. We get there, and it was, the call was like, my son doesn't want to take his pills. 
What does that mean? <laughs> wow. I get there by myself. I'm like, okay. Might be a you know, teenager. Hey buddy, what's up? I get there. It's a grown six foot two grown man, lean. And he you and, and mom was like a you know, senior citizen. And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna need other units. And I was right, Dude, like an yeah, MMA fighter. Not for nothing, no, yo. He no, was but about I, guys. I'm, I'm really surprised that you say that you want to go to that stuff. I, I was in the impression that officers were like, oh man, I don't want to no, go to this. No, thing. I, mean, we, I might end up shooting this guy. I don't want to shoot this guy. The, like, but the thing is, now. when you get that call, it's like, okay, we got a mental crisis. I want to get more from that text from dispatcher. What did she gather? What information did she gather from that initial call from your complainant? Yeah, in reference to what's actually going on there. But it was the problem with that. The, the dispatcher is only getting what the people said. Right. Now, when we get there, it could be totally different. 100%. Mm-hmm. So that's why, I mean, you don't want a social worker to be there. No, we have to be there. Hmm. We got to investigate. Because if you just send a social worker, and along with that parent that called, there may be two fucking bodies in the, on yeah. the floor. 100%. Get there. Now, there was a, a shooting recently, and I'm not asking you to comment on it, but like it was, they ended up in a basement with a guy. And uh, they're, they're, it's a very, it's very chill. They're just talking to him, and like, boom, like all of a sudden, there's a gun out, and and you know, man, you, you have to like, like freeze frame it just to even see what's going on, and, and it's shooting, and, and people look at that and say, well, the officers being there heightened the situation. The, you know, the fact that there's police there, if someone's having a, a mental issue, they're going to see police, and it's going to, they're going to get even more worked up. That's and then, somebody yeah. always going to Monday quarterback something. That well, no, but, 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 but a lot of the argument, though, is like, like take you guys out of it altogether so it's not even your problem. No, don't do that. <laughs> okay, don't I, do think, that. Okay, I think okay. in society, if you take us away from that, because we're, that's what we specialize in, okay. on how to deal with these We specialize things. on how to build rapport in, 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 a, in, a, in a heated situation so that you could bring that shit down to a 6-5. Yeah. And once you build that instant rapport, it mellows that individual out. Granted, there's some officers that are hotheads that get to that call where they fuck it up. Yeah. But we specialize in that. Going there, engaging. Sir, what's going on? I got a call. You okay? Why are you so upset? Yeah. Now, you know, hand movements and tone of your voice plays a major role in that. Correct. Because that breaks them down. I don't got my hand on my gun for what? Yeah. We talking. I'm here to talk to you. So it's all about what you say. Mm-hmm. How you articulate it. Your tone. Don't be so loud with them, no. Because once you talk low, they're like, oh, it lowers them now. Because you're not getting to their level. Yeah. It does work. Yeah. You know? And that's another reason why I love... And people don't hear about the incidents that end like that. Right. You know? And that happens every day. Right. Right. Like, oh, yeah. Definitely. Like, back to that, what I was saying. Yeah. If a social worker would have just been the person that responded to that call to the person that didn't want to take his medicine, I guarantee you, it took eight of us to apprehend this person, to basically control this person with handcuffs and shackles. A social worker is not equipped to do that. That social worker may have not gone home that day because that man, that person in that mental state, he was beyond strong. It took eight grown men to, to, to pin this person down. And then mom says, be careful. He has HIV. And we're like, what? what? Why don't you tell us this? We're sitting in no gloves, no, you know, PPE. Gear at all. None of that. And this dude, like, legit fought us. Yeah. Took tasers. Took mace. None of that worked. And then we finally got him. And she's like, oh, be careful with him. He has HIV. I'm like, ma'am, that's something you should have put in the call. 
right. at the beginning. Yeah. But that's what we're dealing with. Yeah. It changes that quick. Yeah. Well, I went on a ride line once and there you're called to a identity theft call. <laughs> Something that you completely unequipped. To, so there's this range of things where it's going to be anything and, and, and everything. Yeah. And, you know. But you know, it's good because, you know, it hones in, it hones you in on your skill set mm-hmm. on dealing with everything. And you can, it, it makes you that much of a great officer by handling calls that you never had before. Yeah. Identity theft is one of them. I loved it when I got it. That's a false pretense report. I love it. Because that start, it starts your investigating skills. 100%. And it only enhances you. Mm-hmm. It makes you better at your craft. That's why I love when I taught at the academy. I've learned so much and specializes so much to teach these young guys when they get out there. So, I mean, policing is, is you got to have thick skin. You got to have thick skin, especially in, in, in this madness that we're in now. Everybody's bashing police, bashing police. And I get it, but I don't take it personal. You do your job the way you're supposed to. You don't have to worry about nothing. Yeah. And you got to understand that, you know, people bashing, it's going to come with the job. You're damned if you're doing damned if you don't. I feel like with, with those calls, if we just show up with the social worker to provide security, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I and think then they handle idea. it. Yeah. You know, because they specialize in, you know, the clinical stuff. But if we're there just to make sure everybody's kind of like the um, get the belongings call. Yeah. We show up. Sir, you got to grab a couple things. Ma'am, don't say anything to him. Right. I'm here to keep the peace. Yeah. That happens every single day. Absolutely. And it never hits the papers because it went right. Right. But the minute it goes wrong, it's like, oh, the uniform, you know, like you said, antagonized or it made the situation. No, it's not the uniform. Because at the end of the day, people, if I want to punch you in the face, I'm going to punch you in the face, regardless if this cop is here or not. Yeah, people are upset. It's a highly charged situation, regardless who shows up. But as soon as you bring an outsider into it, period, I think people are going to be like, what, what's this about? How come you called somebody? And, right. Yeah. I mean, we've been to calls that they block firefighters or EMT mm-hmm. from getting out. And it's like, you have a guy shot in the back. You're not going to let him out? Nah, we don't like y'all. And it's like, that's what we're dealing with. It's just certain. It doesn't happen often, but it does happen. Yeah. So now firefighters call us like, "Hey, I'm I need not going. you. I need you. <laughs> right. I need you guys to clear the room, or I need yeah. you guys to clear this. Everything's got to be deemed safe for them to go. And now we're job. going into a call like, "All right, they already stopped EMT. They stopped the firefighters who are strictly there to help. So I know I have to like be a little bit aggressive because they have a job to do, which is to save that life." I get it, you and your feelings. I get it, you don't like the uniform. I get it, I get it. But there's something going on more important, which is that person needs to get to the hospital. Yeah. So let me, let me ask you this: in this day, in this day and age, and all that's going on, do you, do you, you know? I, I feel like people view this differently, but do you feel like officers are blocking out that stuff and doing the job? And you know, we got to do what we got to do. And you know, I got eight hours. I'm going to work it. Or do you? Or or do you think people are like sort of like? Mm, <laughs> so some of this stuff is not not worth it. I'm gonna do what what I have to, and I'm, you know, gonna stay out of trouble. It's it's tough. It's like, I feel like imagine having a house right, and your police officers are the dogs, and you just see people come over and shit on your lawn, and you can't do nothing. <laughs> you can't do anything, and it's like you gotta just sit there and take it. And then the next day you come. I'm serious. Next day, next day, you know, you're you're you're, you know, they let you out. And you just sitting there on a leash, and somebody, the same person, just comes back and shits on your lawn. And you can't do and that. And the lawn being the city, 
know what I'm saying? And you can't do anything about it because of the policies that are in place or the, the views or whatever. Because at the end of the day, like, I have a job to do, but I'm also, I also have a family to feed. See what I'm saying? So that's where we're back to the, it's tough. Mm-hmm. It's such a miscommunication, man. And it's it tough. Because you got great officers that loves to do this job. There's so much talent. So much. But they're not going to put themselves on the jackpot if you're not going to back your officers. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Never going to happen. If you want crime to come down, I mean, we're not doing that, but we're going to get busy. I mean, appropriately, right? Correct? Of, of, of course. Appropriate aggression. That's it. Yeah. That that right there, that statement where you just said, that's it. Yeah. We're not going out there to punch people in the face for no reason. But sometimes people get, do get hit. You're not going you're not gonna send a chimpanzee in to do a gorilla's job. <laughs> just not gonna work. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> right. Silverback chronicles. Silverback chronicles, baby. It is. And you got people that are willing to do it for strangers. I don't know you, but I'm here to protect you. Yeah. You I also know? see that too with a lot of new officers are leaving. Oh yeah, like the the retention rate is at all time low. I mean, let's just put it is what it is. They 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 get here, they love the city, but once they see you know what everything embodies in their everyday job performance, and they know what they have to do, a lot of them just can't deal with it. Can't deal with it. Serving in the city that we serve in, I love it in particular. I just, I love it. I'm a city guy. I'm a city officer. Yeah, and just the new guys. Some new guys they just can't. They can't. You know, they're here for about a good a, a good year. I, I yeah. Is that is that unusual? I mean, isn't that the way it always is? It, it always been, but even more so now. Yeah, even yeah, more yeah, so yeah. now. Yeah, and and recruiting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Although they're doing okay with that. But I'm not gonna lie. I haven't left the city. Like I love being a city cop, but I really haven't left the city because it's the city. Like I love the neighborhoods. I love yo. This where we went the other day. This we downtown. We would we sat in um, um was it the square yeah but i forgot, was I the, forgot, I forgot. Where. it's the one right across the street from, from broadway from it's on broadway yeah broadway and thames yep the in fells point fells point with the we fire s- station or something like no, that. No, 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 no 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 in, in the middle of the in square the, in the middle oh, okay of it. Like, got you got you and then you you know we're in the middle of baltimore right yeah i see max's tap house yeah. i see chop tank and i'm like you know max's has history chop tank is new but they're for the people there are phenomenal Shout out to them. Right. And there's a guy playing jazz yeah. in the middle yeah. of the square. And there's just people with their dogs eating ice cream. And who we bumped into riding this bike? Shout out to TJ Smith. TJ Smith. His son. <laughs> you know? He sat there. I bumping him all the time. Had uh-huh. pizza with his son. Rode his, his bike. His son was giving the, the jazz player money. It was awesome. The Pendries in the background. The harb, you know, like the water. It just looks. It's like, where am I? Right. You could you could really lose yourself in certain parts of Baltimore City, because it's that like I want to say captivating. Like this mm-hmm. town is a gorgeous town. I love it. And it's like the whole city could be like that. We sat there. We you know we had we had a little like quick meeting, but we were just. I, I think during the middle of it, we didn't even talk to each other. We just sat there and was just like, just enjoying the scenery. Like wow, like we was there for like a what good two hours, <laughs> just sitting there, just yeah. sitting there, and that's what this. I miss Fell's point. I miss Fell's point. <laughs> Live music, Fell's yeah, point, man. Sitting, you know? sitting in my house for over a year now, and all those bars down there, like <laughs> Moby's, Moby's, yeah. Shout out the Moby's, Roto's, Chop Tank, yeah. you know, uh, the horse, yeah, Cat's Eye, 
Can I there you go. That's, that's my spot. The Admiral. <laughs> the Admiral, you know. Oh, the, and the new one, the Bond House. Bond House. Can't forget Bond House. Can't forget what's Bond House. Rockwell. What's you haven't been to Bond House? Bond House? How's that spelled? It's on Bond. Like Bond. B-O-N-D. B-O-N-D. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Phenomenal food. The vibe know. is. It's right off of Alisana. Yep. I don't get that much in the pandemic. You should definitely go. <laughs> and and they they love they love the city. They're you know that you have business owners like like Brian, who are trying to push the city forward yes. on the on the like tourism level. Like come to Baltimore. We have like the food here. Amazing. We always talk about it. It's so underrated. You find that one, like the bygone. Come on. That in New York City. I gotta plug somebody. The Charm City food blogger is I, I opened my eyes to so many amazing places. I got this uh taco box from some place in Cant uh yeah, uh Canton. Unbelievable. It's like thirty five dollars. It's got six different tacos and this giant thing of oh, steak wow. nachos. It's ridiculous. Oh, where, where oh, good. Charm City Charm City Food Blogger has puts out the best stuff. Yo, we're at Taco Spot. We're going tonight right. after this. Like, <laughs> For real. Like, let's wrap this up. Let's go that's get what the city eat. offers, you know? But a lot of people won't come, right? Because Baltimore is filled with history. Yeah. That family from Kansas is not going to come to Baltimore because he feels that he may be a victim a of target. Violence. Yeah. So, like us, right? We have to do the job to ensure, for example, like New York City for a long time. The safest big city in the world. How much money did New York City generate? Because the tourism was just insane. Mm-hmm. And they allow the police officers to do what they do. I mean, now it's different. But now they now you see what's going on. Austin, Texas. Awesome place. Look what they're going through. Really? I haven't even heard that. Okay. Mm. Horrible. Because of the policies that are in place. Oh, I didn't know that. Austin, Texas is having a big crime problem? <laughs> what? Big, um, they, call them, they don't call them homeless. They call them campers. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. That is huge. They got tents everywhere. Yeah. And it's like, if I'm if I'm visiting from somewhere, at the end of the day, I don't want my kids to see that. You know, I want to go. I want to enjoy the food. I want to enjoy the vibe. It's just, it's, it's, we have to figure it out. It's tough. Two different ideologies. You can't go extreme either way. You just got to, you know, you got to find a, a happy medium, but it starts with communication. It has, you to, be, be able to, it has to be appropriate. Yeah, you got to be able so to So if you're a guy people. with a gun and you go yeah. to jail, then that's appropriate. Yeah. I'm a Baltimore lifer. I know everybody in in pretty much most of the guys in City Hall and, and females, they're a little bit younger than me. Not not that much younger, but, you know, I, I still know them all. And, you know, you moving back to – you you moving back home? Bro, I got three young boys. Nah, I just I, – I just – how I grew up, I'm scared for them to grow up a certain way. You know what I'm saying? And it's not to be scared of them. It's environment. You know what I'm saying? Of course, I was pulled over wrongly. Of course, I was this, that, and the fourth. Of course, all of these things were going on. But I've also had guns pulled on me way more times from people that look like me than mm-hmm. people that looked in blue. You know what I'm saying? That's, yeah. that's, that's a realization. And I wasn't out there doing nothing that the average kid wasn't doing. Out there trying to get phone numbers and doing this, that, and the fourth. It is not to say that it won't happen out here but you know you gotta you i i have an opportunity to do something different for my kids so that's what i'm gonna do but at the same time i still make sure that i try to help my city with as much as possible with things that i do and one of the things like dre said is like being able to provide opportunities that a lot of people um that like 
that my mother and father had. You know what I'm saying? They 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 were able to go to trade high schools. So, um, you know, right now working for the federal government, telling them like they used to come in and go talk to high school kids and actually kind of quote draft them out of high school. So military, a lot of the three letter, four letter agencies, federal agencies used to actually come to the schools and pick the the, the brightest kids or, you know, the kids that had emotional intelligence were extremely strong and help to guide them. So when they were graduating, they had a career. Yeah. So like, I hate when people say the words like we're going to create jobs. You know, a job is to me, it's like working at the mall. You, that's not going to play for a family. A career is going to pay for a family. Yeah. You know, we're in our career. So what career are you going to be in for most kids? Even for us, we didn't know what we wanted to do when we were 18. So for a lot of these kids, they don't, they don't know that. And we have to help them because if we don't, they just going to be, you know, they going to keep being lost. The past week and a half has been really alarming in terms of, uh, I mean, you know, we, we obviously have a lot of shootings every, every week, every month, but, uh, really disproportionate number of kids getting shot and, and doing shootings in over the past week and a half. And I I feel like the city had tried to set up some programs to try to help with that kind of stuff, this Roca program, but they, you know, they only have so much they can do. And, I don't know. I, I I hope it's not a trend, but it, it's it's it was really bad. The last two weeks were really bad. These kids yeah. are starting younger. It's, 12, it's 14, 15. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. bad. And they're doing they're committing murders. Yeah. It's gonna be bad because there's no they're not scared. I, I honestly no one's scared. I hear that for, there's a defense attorney I know who wouldn't say that publicly, but he's like the the kids feel as though and Pete and adults feel there's no um There's nothing in place for them. Well, no, they, they, they're not scared of getting caught. No. Even though people do get caught. People get caught every day. Yeah. Every day people get charged with of murder, charged with they attempted murder. But there's, some, there's, there's, there's this defense attorney, I'm not going to name him, says like people are not afraid of getting caught. They're not. They know the law's Be- better than we do, bro. And, and it's a slap on the wrist. I go to jail. Yep. I have one kid tell me one time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll be right back home. This, this is, it was worse than that. He's like shooting convicted. Guilty. Boom. And when they told him that he's going to do like 20 years, he said, he said, detective, I'm going to do that on my head. That's nothing to me. I'm going to go in there. I'm going to learn how to be a better criminal. And when I get back, that's what it is. Mm. And I'm like, and he's like, and if I'm on good behavior, I'll be home in 10. It's nothing. They go in there. They, they, it's like, it's like a, Penalty box, but it's like there's another another thing I've heard that I haven't been able to really report is that uh that, that weed is is behind a lot of the shootings in terms of like they decriminalized it, but there's no legal way to to sell it and buy it. So like it just led to this huge increase in like in weed territorial fights, which people wouldn't think they would say, "Come on, people, we you know people who smoke weed are peaceful and this and that. It's not that serious." But it's like yeah, but when you create when you say everyone can buy it and, and have it. But but you don't create a legal way to sell it. I'm hearing from people that there's a ton of shootings behind that stuff, and it's there like, is. and that's the legislature's fault. The legislature is like, like they don't want to. They, they they're just dragging their feet on it. It's like if you're gonna leak, like I mean, I I went to, I have a brother who lives in California. I've I traveled two years ago to Oregon and Washington. I mean, you walked, you go down the street. There's billboards everywhere for like we delivered to your house, and here yeah. they're just like, uh, we, we're working on it, we're studying it. It's like, you guys, like, <laughs> like let's go, halfway, yeah. yeah, come on, <laughs> take it go. to the next step. The thing about weed is everybody does it, mm-hmm. so like, 
If I sell guns, I'm smoking weed. But if I also sell coke, I'm smoking weed. Everybody knows, like, the weed man is the most popular guy in that world because he could, you know, sometimes a crackhead may not be able to get crack, but he can still get a bottle, he can still get a bag of weed. So weed, it just, it, it, it touches everyone. It goes from corporate all the way down mm. to like, and it's also still cause to search a car and yeah. all this stuff. I mean, it's just exactly like the, the legislature just sort of like just doesn't want to like deal with this. But do you know why though? Because they're not there. Yeah, right. They're not walking yeah. those streets. Right. They go from their home to their office and they create these policies, and they're out of touch. Yeah, you have to come to the street. You have to touch the people. You have to go in those stores. You have to. Like feel that 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 heartbeat of the city, of every street, and do, then you could be like, oh, okay, this will work, this won't work. Do you also feel that bail reform has led to any? I I felt like when they did bail reform, I thought we were going to see a ton of examples of like awful things going on. Or, or excuse me, I don't want to say that. Th- th- there would be examples of things that would come to light, and I, and actually, I haven't really seen that much. Not like here, like in, but, in New but York City, they New talk York about City it a lot. Insane. Here they don't talk about it though. They like, don't, which is surprising to me. Because maybe it different. shows it's working. Yeah, our crime is different down here. Yeah, yeah, our crime is different. Um, our crime down here is really like it's very rare that you get like those incidents that is like oh innocent person. The crime here in Baltimore City, it's really like what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like most of focused. the people. It's a focused yeah, yeah, target yeah. group. Mm-hmm. It's very rare. I mean, it happens now. Like, you know, robberies. Like, everybody gets their cell phone snatched. But, like, the real heinous crime, it's only within a certain group. And it's really because either you owe me money or we were supposed to do this transaction. It didn't work out. But, like, crime, like, the little kids, they, they do the stupid stuff. Like, they rob, you know, senior citizens but that's kids running around. But like, I'm talking about like the real, real, real crime, like right, yeah. organized stuff. They keep it to themselves. Right. Sometimes it spills out. Harder to solve. Harder to solve. But that's the way it's supposed to be. So if you get these juveniles in check, now you have less robberies, right? Mm-hmm. Carjackings. And now yeah. carjackings are going to go down, purse snatching, cell phone snatching. You're always going to get little kids fighting. That's going to happen. Because mm-hmm. we're here. People losing their tempers. Yeah. Yeah. That's always going to happen. Yeah. But if a little kid, but but like back in the day, a little kid shooting another 15-year-old? Unheard no. of. Or uh, there's a kid, uh, what, 12, 13 charged uh, last month with mm-hmm. killing a, 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 a drug addict from uh, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, you know, I, I, I've governed this stuff for 13 years. I, I can't think of too many incidents like that. That's that's pretty extreme. I want to say before it was contained to that that focus group of the people actually doing the real stuff, like the real crime. But now it's everybody's doing it. Yeah. Although, although to to a certain extent, people say, you know, I I hear all the time from people like talk about the good old days where you wouldn't shoot women. And it's like the 90s and the 80s weren't, (laughs) there wasn't a code back then either. There was a lot of bullets flying around back then. I mean, that's sort of, you know, like a, a, a taboo. Well, no, it. no. It's like it's like um, revisionist history that like yeah. okay. o- only right. bad guys got shot. No, there's a lot of bullets hitting uh, yeah. wrong people back in the '90s and '80s. But yeah, I, by I, mistake, I, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm. But 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 speaking of that, like how so? What is this? There we go. Bring tell it back me. to the book. I got to find the book here. I got to sell books here. Tell me about it. Like, no, I mean it's um, 
How long did it take to write it? Like, uh, how many years? Did well, it? I, I look at it as a culmination of all the coverage I've been doing. I mean, I, I, my, my, I've, my eyes have been open to certain things and, and things that I maybe didn't know at the beginning. And, um, you know, again, trying to just, you know, not, not just cover this scandal because you have to understand the, the, the BPD and the, and the, and the pick, all the things we've been talking about, all just the, the pressures and the demands and the, and the different, you know, you know, ways this agency's evolved and how it leads to something like this happening. And, um, um, yeah, I mean, I, again, I, I don't know what the answer is. I, I, you know, I think that, um, the, you know, DC, uh, Washington DC this week said they're going to stop, they're going to move away from these, this proactive gun units. And it's like, I wonder what's going to happen. <laughs> you know, I, I wonder if he's, if they're on the cutting edge of something or whether they are going to, you know, tie the hands of the officers and it's going to cause issues. But it's, you know, I think that's where. So they're going to do away with all their like specialty. Well, not special, but this, that kind of specialty unit. So if I recall correctly, it was a unit of like 31 officers. So it's not that big of a unit, but, okay. but they're, they're, they are trying to tell them like, we, you know, we shouldn't, we, we're going to back off some of this stuff. That's crazy. Um, <clears throat> Shout out to those officers because there's 31 guys that are willing. Here's the thing about when you go get a gun, there's a chance I'm going to get shot by yep. getting that gun. Absolutely. Yep. It's a 50, 50. There's a chance if I chase a guy with a gun, he will hit me and he might hit me in that spot where the lights get turned off. Yeah. Okay, I want to ask another tough question. I want you to ask everything. Whatever I'm you, make you want. Unco- I'm make you uncomfortable. You are a guy. Whatever no, you want. never make me uncomfortable. Nah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. You're not going to punt? I'm too gorgeous. Never, I'm too gorgeous in my skin. All right, let me We're ask you gentlemen this. out here. If you, if, you, if you see misconduct, would you report it? Absolutely. 100%. If I could slap the shit out that officer, I'd slap <laughs> but, the shit see, out. See, but the type of person, the type of people that we are, are silverbacks, I'm gonna pu- we're going to pull you to the side. Absolutely. Yeah. No, but like you're going to report it, though. Let me. No, no, no. First, I'm going to pull you to the side. Uh-huh. And I'm going to be like, chill the fuck out. It's called in-house counseling. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. And that, but it, it depends on what happened. Right. Yeah. Right, right. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and in-house counseling may be a trip to the garage, and I might have to slap, tune you up a little bit. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. No, that I like happens. it. I like it. I like, I like to hear that. No, because honestly, I've heard from... I have any officers who say you see stuff happen and you're like, I don't, you know what? I don't want anything to do with that. Like, I, I don't want to, I just, I'm going to like disassociate myself. I'm going to move over here. I'm going to request a transfer. Like, I don't want to be involved with that. And then like, again, Gwen, I, I mentioned in the book, Ryan Gwen in 2015, he had a bad vibe about detective Gondo. He saw him having, uh, you know, a dinner with, with, with a guy that he had been investigating and he, and he reports it, but then, like, it's not enough to go on. It's not enough for anybody to bring anybody up on charges. And he's like, fuck, why did I do that? Why did I even, like, say anything? And now, like, maybe he'll find out I said something to him. And, like, I, I, I regret this. And so, like, there's this there's this professor who, who spent some time with BPD for a year, and he's now in New York, and he talks he talked about the blue cone of silence. He says, it's not, it's not that I'm not going to report it. It's that, like, I don't feel comfortable that, that like, the systems are going to work, and I, I just want to disassociate myself from it. But, but Justin, what happens in corporate America when, you know, the, the CEO of um, Goldman Sachs gives himself, you know, $33 million bonus? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, is that... It's it's along the same lines in a sense. No, what, what, a what, lot what, of what I'm saying is, do you on. feel comfortable to report somebody that it's going to be handled correctly, or does that you know, the system's not up to par such that you just like actually just want to like get get away from it? But it, it happens. But you're saying you, you you take care of it, so okay, right? Like we do better than others. I feel like it happens more in corporate America, but in corporate America, it doesn't affect people. It affects you know the economy or whatever. 
How many, all these CEOs, you trying to tell me you didn't know that guy was stealing money, doing embezzlement? They kept the code of silence. Yeah. Us, we handle things a little bit different. But yeah, we, we're the first ones to, you know, if we got to, it's like. No, I agree, but my thing is, Justin, to answer your question, of course we do something about it. Because if you don't, then you're that asshole. Mm-hmm. If you allow that, then you become embedded in that shitty culture. Yeah. So yeah. we always act on that. If I see something, I'm going to address it. Because at the end of the day, I got a family. And I, I came on to do the job the right way. Correct. At all times. So if you did something, right, well, you fucked up. All right? Well, you got to go through the chain of command, bro. You should have thought about that shit. Yeah, 100%. One of the things I was really troubled by in reporting the book, and things I've seen over the years was like sort of how operations didn't really talk to internal affairs and admin and admin like it was sort of like well that's their thing and if they don't if they don't handle it well then whatever like there were so many commanders who told me we don't know who's getting complaints and we don't know what the outcome of those complaints is we don't that doesn't come to us you know we set people out on the streets every day we look at the crimes we adjust we we were putting out different enforcement strategies and and like that's ieds uh responsibility and like if they come back to us and tell us, if they don't tell us to take that guy off the streets, we're not going to. And and I thought that was an interesting. I get it. I understand how you could how that's like the way the oper the, the, the department works on a day to day basis. But it was like there was really no like collaboration. And uh, yeah, <laughs> we have a, we have a department that kind of like checks us, right? Yeah. Well, and and, and 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 conversely, by the way, I hear from lots of officers who say. They they are on people's ass about stupid shit, like like they're all over you for stupid shit, and then like stuff that's like important gets like kind of like just like doesn't on, get handled. It <laughs> sounds like it's on a case by case basis, mm-hmm. depending on the individual. Okay, but what I wanted to bring up is, for example, the board of ed. Who's their IED? They got way more problems than we do. Well, they can't lock people up though. What the? Who um the board of ed? Yeah. Officers get so much more scrutiny because of the extreme power you guys have. You right. have the power to arre- take away somebody's liberty. <clears throat> you can search their things. You can seize their things. You right. can be in their homes. You can be in their bodies searching for things. Like You have so much like power. And, and I know it doesn't feel that way a lot of times. You feel like you're thrown to the wolves and that no one's supporting you and you're not paid enough. But it's like you have power and that, that power needs to be checked. So how about the power of a kid that was being passed along through high school yeah, did you get that article did you see no. that article <laughs> that's horrible like that's the same thing where's the silence there somebody kept their mouth quiet that's not my beat no I, I know it's not your beat I know it's not your beat but what I want to say right but what I want to express is that everyone looks at us for like oh you should have but then they're not looking like we have a code of silence. If you, I, I mean, I didn't know. Okay, that I, I didn't realize but that was. A where's point the code of okay. silence with the board of ed? Sure, sure, sure. Who allowed this kid? Yeah, the church. Be, what about the the the, the Catholic the church? I mean, yeah, there's exactly it, corrections. Yeah, so it's not I, just I, it's not just just blue. Totally, totally. It's just that we're the we're like the tasty one. That's all it is. Nobody wants to hear about the code of silence with the board of education. No one's gonna read that. It's boring. But it's like the code of silence with police work. It's like, ooh, what happened? What well, they doing? I was just more interested in sort of like, again, having these conversations with the officers over the years and sort of like, how do you feel about this? How would you approach this? I wanted to hear from you guys. But, That's yeah, perfect. But, well, yeah. no, we, yeah. we, we handle it appropriately. From like, being, okay. For me being a civilian, I look at it from a standpoint of even 
even federal side, contractor, everything, sometimes we get too result-driven. And by being result-driven, you do you will not. If you're only focused on results, you will not focus on the micro. Everything's macro. So from listening to them, from reading your book, from understanding, from you know being around cops growing up, if you just results everything, that's all macro. That's great job, blah, 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 blah. See, that's, you know, you did this, that, and the fourth. We, 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 we see this when we read about our, um, our things that happen in war. You know, the person that was capturing all these people, this, that, and the fourth. You weren't looking at how they were interrogating everybody to get to the results. Because the results were they were getting all this information, all this intel, everything else. But they were breaking all these laws to get all this information. So it's, it's, to, it's, it's not to repeat it. So in the same instance, I guess... The biggest thing, even for me being in a supervisory role now where, where I am, I when I'm when I'm looking at things, sometimes it's like I focus on the result and I got to kick myself back in and say, nah, you got to do your due diligence and go back and check through people's work. Yeah. Make sure they're not violating people's rights. And, and Make sure it, they're, not, they're doing their investigations the way that the law tells you to do it. And and. It is Monday morning quarterbacking to a certain extent, but it, at the it same is. time, like there's I feel like the, the agency's also like, you know, there's a lot going on, and I feel like it's constantly moving from one thing to the other. I remember the the shootout at the Select Lounge, and um, you know there was an after action report, and I feel like that report goes on a shelf. You know, I mean, like it, it comes out Good and it's, it goes on a shelf, and like life goes on, and tomorrow there's another crisis to deal with, and there's always something going on. And it's so hard, I think, for an institution to learn because there's constant change. People are coming and going. The command staff is changing like crazy. And it's just like, you know, we got these out-of-town commissioners who, who are trying to figure out where Bel Air Road is and where, you know, um, uh, I'm trying, what's um, Gosh, I'm, uh, whatever. They're trying to figure out the lay of the land. Mm-hmm. And, and like and like the, the mistakes of the past is like, I, I don't want to deal with that. I got to deal with what's in front of me. And it's like, I sympathize with that. Like one of the things, like, candidly, you know, the editor of the paper was like, you know, you need to hold these chiefs accountable, these commissioners. You know, I want, a bo- I want a box with your story that has, what did Leonard Ham do? What did Fred Bielfeld do? What did Anthony Batts do? And when you talk to them individually, they're all like, Man, I didn't know what was going on in the streets. Like, I, you know, if the officer, if, if if Sergeant Wayne Jenkins is bluffing his lieutenant, if his lieutenant believes that he's a good cop and he's telling the truth and he's doing a good job, that's just bullshit that goes up the chain. The lieutenant bluffs the the major, the or the lieutenant bluffs the captain, the captain bluffs the major, the major bluffs the the, the colonels and the deputy commander. I mean, the person at the top. I mean, I think it's convenient to say, you know, you you fucked up, you know, like you you know this stuff mm-hmm. happened on your watch. It's like give me a break. Like, yeah. I mean, like there's a lot of, right, you know, a lot of layers. Uh, layers in between. Yeah. And it's because we're dealing with human beings. This yeah. business that we're in, we're dealing with human beings and human beings. You know how many times I'll, I'll go to a shooting and they'll be like, yeah, I'll tell you everything. And then they get sit down and we're going to do a formal interview. They're like, I'm done. I don't, I don't want to do this. But I just told my sergeant and my lieutenant, Hey, they're going to, this is going to be a case solved. I got this. But now this person is like, you know what? When push comes to shove, I thought I was with it, but I'm not with it. So now I got to explain to them. Now they're looking at me like, what did you do? No, it wasn't me. Like our business involves humans and humans are always, we could be manipulated. Yeah. We could, you know, you get a phone call from your sister and she'd be like, don't tell the police nothing. Your investigation is done. And that, that's what was crazy about the book was, and like, I, things that happened that were, like, crazy, crazy, crazy. 
that just never came out that never got reported that were going on and it's like like how can that be and it's like because it's a it's um it's like a a, a battlefield kind of like you think, think of Gettysburg and the fog and like there's just there's just all kinds of stuff going on out there and like not people don't know like they don't know and people who do know have reasons not to say anything and uh you know it just keeps it, it goes on until until these guys get caught and then a bunch of officers plead guilty and start cooperating and, and kind of pull the covers off. But, um, you know, it's, uh, it's a mess. <laughs> to a, say the was, least. <laughs> it was a phenomenal, listen, it, it's a phenomenally written book. It is like, I'm not saying it just because you were book. here. Like, I'm book. literally not saying that because you, I, if, if, if it was, if it was not a good book, I want book, you guys to read it. I would tell I'm you. I'm going to, you haven't yeah. had a chance yet, but yeah. I want you to read it. I want to hear what you oh, think. Oh, I told I will only read it if I have a signed copy. Okay. Absolutely. Thank you. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, what's up, Justin? What, what else you got for us, baby? The whole what what other questions you have? Wow. Well, I don't know. Let, let it show. out, baby. <laughs> this is for you. It's about you tonight. I feel like we hit on my hot topics. We hit on my hot topics. I mean, can we talk about the show a little bit? Yeah. The TV show? Sure. So, yeah, I mean, this is going to be. Oh, man. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah, because not a lot of us. Not a lot of us know. Gunshots or something that's gonna make me jump out of my seat. Yeah, there we go. There you go. <laughs> More PTSD that we don't need. No, I mean, <laughs> uh, no, uh-huh. like David Simon um, and uh, George Pelicanos and Ed Burns, who's a former BPD, they did The Wire, and they're gonna turn this into a HBO miniseries. They, they actually, that the miniseries came first. I was covering the trial, and Simon, who I know, um, because again, we got the same job, and and I, you know. I, reach out to him from time to time he, he says i want to make a show and you should write a book and i don't i, I don't know anything about writing a book i'm a newspaper journalist i write articles every day i read three articles a day so wait I got, <laughs> it's not the same it's not like writing a journal oh writing, no 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 it's no, no, different no. oh totally different i mean so the article you if you write a newspaper article you got 400 to 1200 words and you got to get people's attention I don't mean in a sensationalist way. I mean, like, people have to, you have to, like, make sure they understand why it's important. You know, why, why should I read this? Don't make me wait. You got to make it short. Even if there's a lot more you have to say, you got to kind of, like, it's got to be concise. It's and like a probable uh, cause. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. I mean. You got to put all the meat and potatoes in. That's right. I'll, I'll sit there. I'll listen to a six-hour court hearing or read a 90-page document. I go, how do I how do I make people interested in this? And, and, and again, I, I want to be very clear. That doesn't mean I, I, I hype things up or I, I, I do things that are, uh, you know, that it's about pulling out the interesting things. How am I going to, how do I make sure that people get why this is important, why I'm writing about it, basically? Um, and uh, Simon said to me, you should write a book and I'll, I'll make it into a show. I was like, well, how am I going to do that? <laughs> so that began, that began a process of about a year of um, trying to write a proposal. And I've never done that before. I had no idea what I was doing. And I, I knew I had a great story. But I didn't know if I was going to be able to pull it together. There's a lot of like dark moments where I was like, I'm going to I'm going to blow this. Like David Simon told me, if you write a book, I will make it into a show. And I couldn't get anyone to give me a book contract. And I was like, wow, this is wow. this is crazy. I'm going to blow this because there's so much here. I mean, it really draws on, mm-hmm. like I said, 15 years of 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 of, of incidents. I mean, and, and, you know, this city, you know, every year is interesting here. <laughs> yes, <laughs> 15 years. You know, there's a lot of <laughs> stuff going on that I was pulling together. But um. Everything worked out. I, 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 the publisher's Random House, which is you know an amazing place to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not you know I, this isn't self published, uh, <laughs> and um, so the show is moving forward. And um, you know I've been part of the writers' meetings where I get to sit in and 
trying to make sure that you know they they, they things stay true to life you know they got to dramatize things a bit but like I, I give them examples of things that they might want to focus on or, or characters or aspects and I'm, I'm part of that process and it's really cool and uh you know it'll probably come out in the next year i guess but is, um is it gonna be on hbo it'll be an hbo hbo miniseries they do they're using the same title you know it's, it's it's legit i'm also in a in a in a documentary um where i was more like a subject about the sean Souter killing um you know yeah um sonia Sohn, who was kima in the wire mm-hmm. uh she's doing she did baltimore rising which is a documentary post mm-hmm. freddie gray and she did a documentary about the Souter case and um I was one of the people that she kind of followed around as I was trying to get to the truth of that. And, and, and I don't know the truth of it, but my book has two chapters dedicated to that case. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a storyline throughout. Uh, you know, I try to make him a character throughout so people know that, you know, his intersection with the different characters. And, um, you know, there's more, there's information in the book about it. But ultimately, I, you know, it's still a mystery and people should make up their own minds. But I, I put a lot of, stuff out there for people to consider so are you allowed to speak about who's the actors i don't know that yet (laughs) no they're they're in the process of doing that but hbo does it right though hbo when they do a series it's a hit they they better get this one right i mean david simon does it right i mean they do it right they do it right i was i just was looking at his credits again and I, i know him but i was looking at him again recently i was like all the, all these were really well done. So I'm hoping I'm not the first that he screws up. <laughs> no, he, listen, hey, I mean, you mentioned listen, he, did, he David, did the wire, right? Yes, David E. Simon, David E. Simon. If listen, I know you know him. Tell him come on. But if he, if you screw this one up, don't come on here. I don't, and I, don't I, think, and I, don't I will think, not be scared to tell him that it's a dope book. I don't think that's gonna be an option. Like those guys. I mean, the wire. You go anywhere in this country, they're like, oh, where where you work, Baltimore. Oh, I love The Wire. Which is weird, right? Because, like, Everyone people don't say that about, like, Miami Vice, like, right? No, you know? right. <laughs> like, NY, like, what? New York and, Undercover, and, whatever. Or Chicago, right. you know, like, Chicago full disclosure about The Wire, the names are the same, but, like, he 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 took a lot of people and put them into, into like, these, like, the names of the people. There were several, like, like Barksdale crew, as, as far as the, the person is real. But a lot of the people and the moving parts around there were a lot of people from east, west, and, yeah, you know, what yeah. I mean? yeah, from from and, and from y'all working here, y'all understand. Like even some of the slang, West Baltimore, East Baltimore, South Baltimore, you could just tell that it, it was it was several drug dealers in one and certain people yeah. that worked together. It's, oh no, it's, it's gonna, gonna be gonna phenomenal. Be Composite, like me, yeah. For me, it's like Sopranos, The Wire, Game of Thrones. Like HBO does not miss no. when it comes to a series. Yeah, no, I'm. I'm they really, know what uh, they're doing, like legit. I, 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 was, yeah, I I'm still. I'm. You know, every day I, I'm. I took a week off to promote the book, and I'm back at the paper writing articles <laughs> every day. So, so I haven't gone Hollywood yet. I'm. Uh, I'm. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm still covering these issues. And man, the fallout for this case. I mean, I, you know, you, you'd think that I was actually trying to like just report GTTF stuff to like promote the book. There's shit that continues to happen every single day with this case. Yeah. Uh, Umar Burley is the main character. The opening chapter. He gets mm-hmm. drugs planted on. It, it happened. It's it's true. He he got his two million dollar settlement check. Decided to head to North Carolina. Shot his girlfriend in the face and led the police on a on a fifteen mile chase and shot a cop. He's he's never going to get out again. That's this fair. is days after getting two million dollars. Mm-hmm. Jenkins this week. Jenkins sent a letter to police agencies all over the country, and people send this shit to me. 
he, he wants to create a think tank of corrupt officers to teach people not to do what he did. And he sent this out to all these police departments, and one of them sent it back to me. And it's, it's, he kind of admits to some stuff that he hasn't been willing to admit to. He says he was taught the wrong way. He was taught to arrest people first and, and establish the probable cause later. He admits he was a drug-dealing cop. Um, there was a, a case involving uh, uh, Daniel Herschel. Young Moose sued him this week, the rapper. I mean, it's like, you know, I'm not actually like doing this on purpose. This story just keeps <laughs> going. I mean, it's years life. later. It just keep, No, it just keeps going. It's like, it it's keeps crazy. coming out, man. Yeah, and <laughs> even the U.S. Attorney's Office is like divided right now. Like there was one guy who was wow. arrested for a gun in 2015 you know, the U.S. Attorney's Office never has any drama. They get a 99% conviction rate. And everything right. always just happens just the way it's supposed to there. But uh, they were, they they convicted a guy of a gun possession in 2015. He was arrested by Herschel. He says the gun was planted. He said money was stolen. So the U.S. Attorney's Office investigating the GCTF, and this isn't in the book, but something I've been covering, they take him before a grand jury. They say, tell us about what Herschel did to you. We believe you. They put him in front of a grand jury. Well, the original prosecutor in the gun case is like, I don't think this guy's telling the truth. I think he did have a gun. I think he's full of shit. And he went in front of the Fourth Circuit appellate court this week and said that his uh, his colleagues investigating the GTTF put untruthful testimony forward. I mean, this kind of stuff, it's just, it just keeps going. There's just, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm... You know, I actually like to move on in a lot of ways. But there's a lot of stories out there to cover. But, but to answer that, I, I hate up. to say this because I know you do criminal. You study criminals. The criminal now is not the same criminal from back in the day. The criminal back in the day, they sat there and they took it and it's like, you know what? I did it. The criminal now wants to be the victim and they cry. And, and I'm not saying that because of what I do for a living, but because of what I see all across the country. Oh yeah, it's it's like it's popular to be the victim now. It's difficult to know what's what, and and, right. and that, that was actually one of the things that that case highlighted was that like they did take forward a guy who made a claim against Herschel, who's you know clearly got problems, but it was it was nothing other than his word, and like actually having watched a lot of criminal trials. I was actually troubled by that because there was nothing other than his word. And there were, and there was cases he got convicted on that were another, nothing other than people's word. And yet, when you think about it, what else do they have? I mean, if you're someone who did get drugs planted on you, if you're someone who did have money stolen from you, you don't have some you know, eye in the sky that's going to back it up for you. It's you versus them, mm -hmm. and the tie tends to go to the officer, and, like, it's a mess. And that's that's sort of, like, the first, like, third of the book, I would say, are cases that I don't know the truth. I know the questions were raised about Jenkins. He went, he was sued. There was really compelling testimony that indicated that he was not telling the truth, but I don't know the truth. There's a funny saying, I, I mentioned this on some other interviews, but, like, there's a, a journalism tweet that goes around every now and then. <laughs> it goes viral, and everybody feels good about themselves. They say, as a journalist, it's not your job to interview people about whether it's raining outside. It's your job to stick your head out the window and figure out whether it's raining. And I'm like, when I report on crime and cops, there's a brick wall. I don't know what's on the other side of that. All I can do is say, this person says this, and that person says that, and I I don't know what, the, I can't see the truth. Mm -hmm. You guys were in a house together where there was a hundred grand and a, and three guns. And, and I don't know what happened. You say that it was planted. You say it was stolen. You say that it's straight up and legit. I don't fucking know. You weren't there. And, 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 and I, and I have to, my job is to unfortunately <laughs> try to synthesize these things and try right. to figure out, well, this is worth telling. And this is, I don't know what to do with this. And, 
you know, it's uh it's a huge challenge. Listen, and um it's a part in the book where shout out to y'all, but y'all know from growing up from 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 hoods and stuff, it was like <laughs> Justin reported in there, it was a drug dealer was like, Look, I sold all that. Yeah, but he took my money. I was like, that was really compelling. Was, I was right? listening. I wasn't, was listening. Wasn't, like, wasn't that compelling? I was listening. Like, <laughs> bro, look, coming from coming from Westport, son. I know that man was telling the truth. He was like, look, I did Absolutely. all that. I sold that. I did this, but there was nah, so many... yo took that. I was like, yeah, he and ain't lying. I don't listen, know if drug dealers telling themselves. <laughs> no, I can't. I know big time, dude. I, I can't say those those guys are telling the truth. But I gotta, I've never seen that happen. Never. I've never seen someone stand never. up in front of a federal judge at the Facts. suppression hearing and say, I did have all those drugs, yes. but this officer's lying about how I came about. Like, yep. that's, that's, you gotta put some stock in that. Yeah, yeah, and, the, and, and the judges were like, everything. No, I don't believe you. And it, it, the, yeah. the, the, the judge said, if I believe that this officer's lying, then all the officers are lying. And lo and behold, Seven years later, yeah. those officers are in front of her for trial about being corrupt yeah. dirty officers. How about but that? you know, it it is. I it, ain't never seen them. Like, yeah, they, yeah, they all mine. But how he got them? Nah. Yeah, I was like, hold up, did he? Did I just read that? And my wife, I, I explained to my wife like, babe, nah. Mm-mm. See, but that's all. That's the old school criminal. Yeah. Who's like, yeah, you know, this is what I do. He got me for that. He's yeah, trying to be he heard, though. Me, but, but that motherfucker also, took my money. And I want my money. And I want my money. But he's trying now. to he's trying to be heard. And he knows the only way he'll be heard is if he cops to what he did. Yeah. If he stands up there and goes, this is all a lie, they're going to be like, man, whatever. Get out get, get, no way. Right. And that's why so many people don't come forward because they're like, well, I don't want to commit. I don't want to admit what I had, right. <laughs> so I'm not going to say a word about that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But you know, yeah, it's 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 a it's a it's a it's haze. An, it's it's an insane world we live in, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, yeah. I, I I'm not going to sit here and say that I I know the the truth about a lot of things in here. I did my best to talk to people, piece things together. Some things I stayed the hell away from, and um, you know, ultimately you can see you know the 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 trajectory of it. I mean, you're an investigator, like. You get a case, and it's like you're working backwards. Like, what led up to this? Yeah. And you're working backwards, and there's so much that goes on that led up to that, you know? You kind of, it's, it's not like Pandora's box automatically gets open because there's always going to be new shit. That, layers. That layers that, that gets dug up. Like, what happened here? I don't know. Oh, this is what really happens. Like, oh, my God, here we go. But why'd you do that? Because I was misinformed that, you know, my boo was doing this. So I went and I did that. And it's like, oh, but she was lying. Oh, now I'm in jail because she lied. And it's it's a plethora of just. Yeah, I've been working on a story for a year off and on. Very high profile case. And, And people are telling me it's not the way it went down. And I'm trying to get everybody involved to tell me the truth. And I don't, and I just, I, I'm so, I'm so uh, troubled by it because I don't, you know, this, this guy, I want to believe what he's saying, but it doesn't make sense. And then I'm pulling in other people who are peripheral players and they're kind of like, they're kind of saying that, yeah, that's true, but they're, but they're not. And it's like, do I really want to go to bat for this guy? Like, ultimately I have to make a decision. Like, I don't have to write about this story. I could just say I'm I'm I got plenty of shit to do. I'm going to do something else. I, I'm interested though. I want to hear him out. And I don't. And am I only supposed to write about people I can vouch for, or or sometimes do I have to go out on a limb and say this guy's saying this? I'm going to put it out there. And I, I'm like, I, my my I, my my wife can <laughs> vouch for this. I, I'm very conflicted about this story, and I I. I I don't know where it's going to go, but um, I guess I, I'm just trying to explain that as a way of like. You want to talk about it offline? 
<laughs> it's 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 an old case, and it's just like. But Justin, let me ask you a question. Like, if we get a call, our investigation starts. Yeah. How does it work for you? Like, do you, how do you be like? How does your bosses or your editors, like, what makes it a story? Like, does it hit your desk? Like, hey, look into this, or is it like you see police reports and you're like, oh, okay, this is the one I want to talk about? How does that work? Like, how do you pick the juicy? Honestly, I'm not the the the, the fruit. I'm not looking for like sympathy. It's it. There's there is so. I mean, I got so like you got an assignment, right? You you shoot you you investigate shootings in a certain district, right? Correct. Like I, I have the entire city's problems landing on my at my feet every day. Mm. <laughs> you know, I got officers complaining about other officers. But how does it come to you? That's what I'm saying. Like, it comes does... to me through all sorts. So like, there's stuff that I I look for. Like so, one of the things I do that doesn't get any attention <laughs> is the uh, there's a, we have a homicide map. Cool. I enter in every homicide. Every wow. single time a homicide comes in, I have a form and I type every detail up and I hit enter and it goes onto a map and a database and there's drop down menus and you can sort it and go through all this. And that wow. only exists because of me. But like that leads to problems. There's 51 homicides as of yesterday. I might on Monday be told there's 49. What the fuck happened to the other two? And I have to ask about that. I can say, tell me about that. What happened to the other two? They were right. justified. They were, th they were this, they may add three. And, and I'm like, where, you know, Oh, someone shot two weeks ago died. And like, so like, that's one way that I could end up, I could end up looking into a homicide. You know, I just wrote this awful story about this kid. who was uh, shot, you know, like 10 years ago and he was, he was paralyzed. And then his, his uh his thing came unhooked and and he and he died and it ends up being a homicide and I talked to his mom about he was starting a video game company and he went to UB and he was just a, the greatest kid and you know like that I found that right like I found that because I was trying to figure out the discrepancy on the homicide map we might have uh you know Ryan Dorsey the city councilman tweeted there's an officer who is an oath keeper which is a right wing militia you know one of our reporters is looking into that you know um. There's a city council meeting about facial recognition software. We will look into that. I, I cover the courts specifically, and I'm, I'm tracking indictments and plea hearings and and and, and uh, motions hearings. And I mean, it's just everything. We're trying to take take stock of everything. You know, the state attorney's office issued a declination letter in a, in a in a fatal shooting from over a year ago. U.S. Marshals Task Force uh, killed a, a a corrections officer from Pennsylvania who had. A, tried to kill his wife and they killed him in Northeast Baltimore, shot him 17 times. They cleared him. They, they did a full investigation. There's a, you know, 20 page report and it says they didn't do anything wrong. You know, it's just like, it's drinking out of a fire hose. It really, I mean, there's just so much going on. And in the background, I'm, I'm investigating this case from 15 years ago and I'm, I'm trying to do this and it's, it's, uh, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot. The grind is nonstop. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's just uh, and and is this and, 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 and what keeps me up at night is the stuff I can't get to. I mean, mm. people send me tips and and they say you got to look into this, and I'm like, ah, when am I gonna do? When am I gonna do that? Is is this done within eight hours or like what's your scope of hours? Is it all around the clock or you just have eight hours to do this? Oh, I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to like sound uh oh, self-righteous but no but i work i work constantly i mean i would take a call whenever it comes in if someone went, i mean i've been taking calls all weekend about something <laughs> and 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 all night last night and it's like you know that makes sense. people want to call me that you know i talked for 45 minutes tonight to a homicide victim's mother who was very upset with the way her son's case is going 
And, you know, she wanted, she wanted to talk to me. I take the call, you know? I mean, wow. if, I, if I try to pack everything into eight hours, I never get anything done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to take these things. as So, like, you know, but unfortunately that means I, you know, am not uh, everything to everyone else I need to be. But uh, it's just... You know. Like, can we get crazy? Can I can I ask you something crazy? Get, get fucking crazy. Yeah, <laughs> let's get crazy. So That's like, what I'm talking about. Because like we, get, you know, I know get, how it is for us. Get another beer, baby. These, these double <laughs> IPAs are setting in. Ask yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, being that you're working around the clock, yeah, how does that affect family time? Mm. Is it because you know for us family time is always, you know, you're always working. You know, <laughs> like today, don't lie. Like, I woke up kind of late, and it's like. Hello, like, what we doing? <laughs> so, like, in your aspect, do you still do the same thing? Like, because you, you said you're taking calls all day. Yeah. So, like, are you at you know an event with your family, and it's like, hey, babe, I gotta. Yeah, I'm, I it's terrible. No, I'm terrible. No, I'm terrible. I mean, my my daughter wants to play with me, and I I got a six year old daughter, and my my I'm, my phone's going ding 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 ding, and I, and I'm like, well, this might be something important, and I got to check it, and. I, last night I, I actually was like, you know, I got to put this, I got to turn this thing off. Like, this is crazy. But like, you know, then again, you're always worried that something's going to happen and you're not going to be oh, you might on miss top something. of it. Yeah. Like, I don't right. want to, I don't want someone to call me with something important and like, Oh, well you didn't pick up. So it's like, and again, it helps spread out the work because I remember pre email, pre Blackberry and whatever that, you know, you just, <laughs> right. you, 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 your phone was off and then you got into work and then that, you know, you only worked for the hours you were working yeah. and like the, the smartphone fucked everything up. <laughs> it's, it's constant. It definitely did. Like, like I always think that, I always think that like, if I were to look at this email at 11 o'clock, that's, that, that saves me time the next day, but that's not true. It just means I'm working constantly. Right. So I don't know. It's like, I could look at your phone and be like, Justin's home. That motherfucker see my email. Why he answer back? Yeah. Why he answer back? Yeah. That's I want, crazy. I, I want to be available. You know. I I don't know. <laughs> you know what? It it comes with wanting to be great. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Ab- yeah. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. Comes not, with the territory. Now you talking big age? I could turn you stuff know? off. Absolutely. I could. I could. I could work forty hours a week. But are you going to be relevant anymore? Right. Right. That's why. That's why I tweet. I mean, Twitter's a. a, a Man, you don't want to get into Twitter, but your Twitter game is dope. <laughs> no, like I mean, it's like you know, I want to show people that I'm on top of things, that I'm the guy, I'm the one you come to for information. I'm gonna do my best, and I'm gonna be, I'm gonna tweet stuff at eleven o'clock p.m. I'm gonna, you know, in the first thing in the morning. But it's also, it's, it's a double-edged sword. So when you tweet, my fault. No, you when, when you tweet, it shows like you're really out there because you be in the hood and you be taking pictures of like vacants. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, what's up? What we doing? But you know what? To be great, that comes with your skill set. Yeah. Everybody won't be Floyd Mayweather, but can't do his regimen. Right. Again. Or go through what he went through. Some, you know what I'm saying? Put that work in. Some people can be great by doing three great articles a year. Yeah. And some people, like me, feel like you just got to stay on the grind all the time. Absolutely. And so I wish I, you know... I bet it's great to, to write three kick-ass articles a year, but I feel like people forget about me if I wasn't out there constantly, if I wasn't always, uh, you know, out Chomping there. The doing, and, and sometimes I go out to a shooting in the middle of the night, and and I don't no one no one in the community talks to me, none of the officers talk to me, and sometimes I have a fucking amazing interaction that that, that is life changing. I mean, one of my best sources I ever made was because <clears throat> I went out to a, a shooting that I had no other reason to be at. 
in the middle of the night on a weekend and and somebody was like i respect that and they gave well, me their number and i was in touch with them for the rest of my huh what made you go to that shooting for that reason to to be present so to so to, present. to bear witness that like someone should be here this isn't normal it's not okay there's there's officers working like officers are working all hours of the night. Why should I have a nine to five schedule? My man. No, seriously. Now, now we getting juicy. Right. Right. That's what talk about. It's true, like, though. like, like I, I cannot nine to five. This, this is not a time clock thing because the people <laughs> got to get your bomb on that. Yeah, one. that to. You got to put that the boots dope. on but the ground. Th- honestly, that, 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 that sounds like a, that sounds self-serving, but it's absolutely true. It's absolutely, if you guys are out there, I want to be out there. doesn't mean I can't be, that doesn't mean I can be there everywhere, but, do you, but I'm going to do as much as I can. But do you know how much that means to us though? Yeah. 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 I, that I, means a lot. I you hope know, it means something to you guys and the community. I hope stock to, I rises when it's like, wow, you're out here Yeah, with us and you don't even need to be out here. And sometimes I stand there behind the tape and just, I just, I'm just there. I mean, I'm hoping somebody will talk to me. And they probably don't know who you are. That's why. I wanted <laughs> well, I mean, well, who else am I? <laughs> <laughs> they don't know that's the white guy with khakis on. They don't know that's the Justin. Yeah. You know what I'm no, but I mean, like you know, it's like it's sometimes a detective who does know me will wander over and tell me something, and, or or just say hi, and you know that that's that's worth it. That that's worth being there. And um, you know, yeah. you just got to keep playing seeds like you're doing it with this phenomenal book. We own the city. And then that led to HBO picking it up and putting a nice series series out on that. So I mean, you keep plugging, you just keep doing what you're doing, and I love it. This is man, I can't wait till I get my copy of the book so I can read it. Yeah, it just you know we we go hand in hand with each other. We need you just like you know we need you just like you need us, mm-hmm. and that goes like the citizens. We need them. Yeah, right. It's all about we, we own the, the city is actually a, a, a play on a comment at the trial. So like. One of the guys who was colluding with Jenkins to sell drugs said that the officers own the city, but actually used that wow. to turn it on its head to say that like the citizens own the if the citizens don't trust the police, mm-hmm. the citizens don't help the police. Right. You know who owns the, who actually owns this city? You know, corrupt officers can run roughshod and, and and steal money and steal drugs and stuff, but the people are the ones that can help. If you guys have a relationship, that's really what that title means. And that's I, I don't know the people who actually realize that, but that's why I chose it. And that's the reason wow. why mm. the main thing for that's our hard. podcast is bridging the gap. Because we have to mend those relationships. Yeah. That's the only way we're going to get things better. Yeah. And get on the same page, ideally. Yeah, no, so the, the not, I don't know if it's a spoiler or not, but during the, the, the riots, um, I went to Penn North. I, I, you know, there was a police line. I said, I got to get in there. They said, you can't go in there. I pushed my way in. And uh, this guy, I don't want to give this away, but eh, whatever. <laughs> the book's been out for three weeks. This, <laughs> this, 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 uh, this guy said he was a member of the Crips. He throws his arm around me. And I'm, I, you know, all hell's broken loose. Like there's a, there's a, a police car and there's, there's, there's like, they're, they're taking the, the stuff out of the trunk and they, they got a, they got a shotgun out of the trunk. Yeah. They got, um, uh, this police tape and they're throwing it like streamers and, and they're stomping it and, and the stores are getting ransacked and this guy throws his arm around me and he's like, I'm going to protect you. I'm yeah. like, I'm, like, I'm not a baby. He's like, he escorted you. I'm like, I'm not a baby. Like, uh, come I on. I got this. Come right? on. I, I've been, I've been in some stuff before. Mm-hmm. Come on. I'm fine. So he's like, no, no, no. You should stay here with us. You know, we're the, you know, it's, it's all good here. So I, I'm, I'm like hanging with them and I'm watching. And the instinct in me is like, I, but I got to get there. I got to get where all the, you know, I got to push mm-hmm. into this. I got to get some good pictures. I got to find out what else is going on. <laughs> so I wandered away from my, my protector. And uh, 
someone tried to rob me of my cell phone. I got a guy with his hood over his face and, and drawstrings tight. He he ran up, and I've read this in so many police reports. Yeah, kick yeah. it out. Every kick they it kick out. it out. He runs up behind me, says, "Kick it out." I go, "Oh," and and I and he pulled out pepper spray. Luckily, it was pepper spray. Uh, and I turned my head, and he sprayed me in the back of the head. And I ran back to the to the to the daddy. I to ran the crib, <laughs> absolutely. Right. I was like, you know, and, and again, if that hadn't happened, I would have been out there. Like, I would have gone into the CVS. I would have been out all night. I was like, oh shit, like this is serious. Like th- this is some real stuff going on. So. He, he he was so nice to me and I and I didn't trust him. Like he had his arm around me. Like that's like a threatening thing in some mm-hmm. in certain situations. Someone puts their arm around you who you don't know. Like you, I'm afraid I'm gonna get like he's gonna tighten that arm. He's, oh, he's gonna, gonna walk gonna, into some yeah, shit. That I was, he's not ready I was for. like, but I was trying to stay cool. I was trying mm-hmm. to trust him and, and, and he, he was a good guy. So I said, like, tell me your name. Give give me your phone number as I left because I had to file a story. And I got his his name and number and uh for years, I, I, you know, it, again, I got a million things to do. I got all these things to look into, but um, I, I tried to reach out to him, and I, and, and I wasn't able to find him. And then I found his mom on Facebook, and then eventually I found him last spring. Nice. And I sat down with him, and I said, "Why did you protect me? What has your life been like since then?" And uh, and he and he he talked about the same issue I was going for. He talked about how the 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 trust with the community, you know. We, you know, we are the ones who can help the police, you know, solve the crime problem. And if they don't work with us. So uh, anyway, it, it was a nice like little like the book was finished. Mm-hmm. Book was finished. It was off to the publisher. And uh, that came about. And I was like, I, you need, I, I, you know, it's cliche to say, like, stop the presses. <laughs> I said, stop the presses. I got I got the epilogue. I got I got the epilogue. I got to include this. And I got the George Floyd uh-huh. stuff in. And the I fact that, that some of the same people who are part of the protests in 2015 were stopping you know, uh, things from getting boiling over this yeah. time. I mean, they're, I mean, they're, that was real. Like I, I was in the I crowds and people were like, don't do that. Like, it's not I worth it. That. And like, you know, <clears throat> Baltimore learned a lesson. I think, um, I have a question. That. Anyway. How did he know? Did he know you were just a fan? Like, well, Honestly, what made he, him led you to be like, Hey, come with me. You're good. He, he probably he, knew you was a reporter. He saw, he said, he saw that I was a white reporter. Yeah. 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 He, but, and he, but, but to that, right. There was reporters that were ran out of the riots. Yeah, yeah. There was people. There was reporters that were like, "Nah, you can't be here." But yeah. they, but they were mainly. I think they were mainly people that wasn't. They was like the big news media, right? But that's what I'm saying. So I, I mean, because they probably knew he's Baltimore. It, that's why it was. I didn't it, know it was, it was hit or miss because there's a guy I know who's not like a local reporter who was there, and like he was inside the CVS while shit was going on, and I'm, I felt I was like, man, I I, I should have been in there, but like I I didn't make it. In there. Gotcha. But um. But no, but like people really like honestly like I, I, it's it's seared into my brain. Like when I when I pushed past the officers' line, there was this van, and I, I, this is in the book. Like there was a, a, a minivan and like a family, and they like pulled up next to me, and and the woman looked at me in the eyes and said, "They're gonna kill you if you go in there." Mm-hmm. And like again, like I try as a white guy from not from the city, I try not to be scared in the city. I try not to play into that whole like, "Oh yeah, you're gonna get robbed, you're gonna get you're gonna get killed." Like that whole th- the, the thing you talked about about tourists not willing to, wanting to come here. I'm like, I'm not gonna get killed. Like that, calm down. But like this is a woman like from the community looking me in the eyes, being like, "Do not go in there." And then this guy like immediately throws his arm around me and is like, uh, "You're in danger." Right. And that's what he said to me five years later. He's like, "He's like, you, you probably you, something's going to happen to you if I didn't if I didn't protect you." Wow. It's just a weird thing. And mm. like, I don't that's, know. you know what that is? That's, that's all. That's all God. That's yeah. all Trump yeah. City. That's all God. That's that yeah. Trump yeah. City too. Yeah. No, that's God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
That's God. That's why I wanted Fuck to meet Chomsky. up with him again. That's God. I wanted to meet up with him again to say to him, I thank you. And that's like, one of his those two angels he shit out to you. Mm-hmm. That yeah. woman in that car and that gentleman. Yeah. I'm telling you, man. It's real in the city. And there, there was a business owner who actually like he, he, he had a shotgun. <laughs> there was a guy right at Penn North, like right there. And there was a gate. And he like opened up the He had a shotgun and he opened up a gate. And it, it was like a shark tank. He put us inside of the gate and he closed the gate. And I was taking pictures through the gate. And uh, it was funny because Breitbart, like a far, like a, a right wing news outlet, they were like, oh, like a gun owner saved, you know, a reporter. I was like, that's not what happened. A gang member <laughs> saved me <laughs> and a business owner with a gun. Yeah, like, I was man. like, yeah, that's not exactly what happened, but. Does, I don't know. Does the uh, clickbait reporters, does that piss you off? I mean, what do you mean? Like, you know, the people that are just looking just for like, because your stuff is like legit. You put time into it. You have sources. Not necessarily. Not... A lot of stuff we got to just go with, like without being able to do all that. But the like, the, the, like the, um, I don't want to say. Yeah, TMZ. but you got a certain cachet. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, no, actually, so I got to call. From a, uh, someone from a block number called me after I did a story about Jamel Ram. It was a black officer. I don't know who he was, and he's like, "You have done a lot of shit reporting over the years." <laughs> he goes, "You." He goes. No, he goes. He goes. Damn. You, no, he, he, I don't, Can I at least well, get good, a hello? Yeah. Right. Well, good morning to me. Why? Right. I can't get a kiss. Damn. He said. He said. He said. You have like tarnished the reputations of good officers. No, the he years. didn't. That's what he said. No, and, said but, because, like, because, but you, but you got it right here. Uh-huh. And I, and it, you know, again, dealing with allegations, right? Not knowing the truth, having people leak stuff to you, having lawsuits filed, not knowing what what's what. I mean, like I, when he said that to me, I was like, I bet I have. You know, it's it sucks. Like, mm-hmm. so it's not a clickbait, but it's like, I don't, I don't know that I don't know the truth. <laughs> I don't know what what I'm supposed to be work. I mean, I, I size things up. I ask questions. I read a lot. I, I talk to people, but like, at a certain point, you only know so much, and you gotta, you know, make a decision, and you gotta live with that decision. And I, I've made some decisions that I do not uh, stand by. Um, wow, you think it's all a part of the process, though? It's part of the process, but because it's uncertain. You, but if you fuck, if you if you make the wrong decision. I like fuck better. That's not cool. Like, like that's not. Yeah, you, you can that's say the not F cool. word. Now, there's there's other things where like where like. You know, um, I can truly say I did not like I did not know and I would not do anything different. Like I had to do what I had to do. Like there was a lawsuit filed. It was, it, you know, there was a lot of information. I had to file it. You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, like I'm going to follow up on that if, if it changes. Right. Just like if someone's charged with a murder and it gets dropped. Absolutely. Like, like they could say, like, how could you write that? Like, I didn't do it. I'm like, well, I, I don't know. What I, the best I can tell you is I'm going to follow up on it. And um you know that that sucks to hear if you're someone who's in the middle of that, right. and and I get it. I mean, I, I don't know. There's no like perfect way to handle this stuff. You want to know what the perfect officer is? The one that always want to continue to learn. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, not knowing everything, right? Because we don't know will. everything. You never will. But it's good knowing the right people to get the answer from. The I resources. agree. I agree. Yeah. Stay, stay uh, inquisitive. Stay, try, try to stay accountable. You know, it, social media is a, a fucking cesspool. It's the devil. But, uh, I agree. But uh, I hate it. you know, when people make a point that I take to heart, I'm like, okay, 
all right, I hear you. Yeah, I get it. And there's a lot of stuff where I'm like, oh, you guys are really, this is this is not fair. But um, I listen to it because I want to I want to stay uh, uh, accountable and uh, do better. And uh, you know, you got to listen to some, you know, constructive criticism along the way. way. Yeah. You got to you get it, me. Yeah, absolutely. I just hate it when it's com- <clears throat> social media comments, and I know for Twitter it's like what 280 characters now or something like that, but. My thing is, have I like debate when it has fact behind it? Because either I don't know it and I have to go research it, but don't just be like, "Man, that shit suck." Like, why I suck? Because you suck me. You are. like, and and then you just and you find yourself like, why am I debating somebody like I uh, never meet in my life? Right. It's not even da da da. And I'm just like, did you just push a button? Or I'm just. I must have just been. All right, you it, got it, me. It gives like, outsized. It gives outsized influence to people who don't have very much. Who, yeah. who, who, who sh- you should you should be putting. You can listen to them. And you can put it in its place, but like it, it can make it feel like if there's like five people who just like bombard you, bombard you with like all cops are bastards and how, why are you doing this and why are you doing that. You can it it, it can make an individual reporter feel like oh wow I have to like I have to change what I'm doing. And you, like you gotta put that in perspective. Like that's five people. That's five right. people who may have some seriously extreme views. Hundred percent. And, and the other side too. Like, but but like in this day and age, like like when I or like fifteen years ago, you get like letters. <laughs> people would actually yeah. write you a letter yes. right. or send you an email, and like it was like okay. And like now, like everybody's just like piling on and it's like well, wait it's a so minute quick. but do they represent the, like who do they represent like 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 is this like one percent of the people is this five percent of the people is this 30 percent of the people and like people you lose sight of that when you're getting it like inundated by it because it's like all day today just to complain <laughs> Let it out. i'm Do getting it. destroyed today and i'm like but this is like for three people, and like, it, but it feels like so much more. Yeah, because they get this exponential like, and like, say, yeah, and it's just like, ah, oh, you know, it's just gotta like, and I'm not gonna like tune them out either. Like, I don't, I could block people, I could oh, block people and be like, fuck you, I, you yeah. know, I don't want to hear it, and I'm like, but I don't want to be that like, I don't want to prevent people from seeing my work, and I don't want to give them the satisfaction of blocking them. Yes, but let, let, man. let it go. <laughs> Let him hate. No, no, I mean this has been going on for years. It's just like it's listen, that, rough. Just listen for what you do. The hate is not too far from around the corner, right? Mm-hmm. You know that. Yeah. Just like we get critiqued on everything, everything. and even from motherfuckers that don't know nothing. Very similar. So you know, we we both fight that battle. We share that. Yeah. And keep having that thick skin. Don't even let it bother you. Shout out to you because I don't know if we could do that job. Oh, I'm sounds, not doing that. I'm, I'm not, not even reading that. 90 pages. <laughs> that sounds hard. Seriously, yo. That sounds hard. It's not my lane. That shit's cool. You got like, yo. I'd rather, I'd rather, I would rather go into a shooting than to do what you do. <laughs> Absolutely. God, Hands sounds, down. Wow. So, so yo, I'm not going to read. Sounds shout like I'm more brave. You are. No, no. Listen, if you want to piss them off, if you want to piss, and they taught me this, you want to piss them off, be like, why you shoot him in the leg? Like <laughs> shit happens in fucking. I just saw it on Chicago PD last night. Yeah. I saw him shoot him in the leg. He was running, bro, you and he shot that. him in, and be dead serious. You, you will piss every officer off, yo. You yeah. will do it. I'm telling you, you'll do it. Like why you shoot him in the leg, man? You saw him running. It's easy. It's nothing. No. You know, I I just with the time 
as much time I mean, we got what no going over ten years. It's interesting the comments we get, the comments that I see. It's just I just smile, you know. Comments where? Just comments in general about police. Yeah. And, and and you know, even on Instagram you see you see different incidents <coughs> in reference to police and and different videos and you just see the negative comments. Even if it's right to a T, they find a way to just be negative. And hate and hate. Well, they didn't have to do that. What if she was doing this? So they create so much stuff. It's like, yo, like I, I remember Chris got annoyed at one comment that I, I forgot what video you saw, and you was like, you was just appalled yeah. by the comments that they made. Like, are you, are you really gonna be negative about this? Yeah, when the officer yeah, yeah. was right. Yeah. So I that, just that's been an interesting interesting thing about body cameras. Is it like, I feel like since the BPD introduced those, has been like a lot of times the. The shooting happens and people are like, you know, this is crazy. You know, why did this happen? And then the video comes out and people are kind of like, oh, okay. Case closed. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Slam dunk. I mean, not always, but like, you know, like a lot of times it's like, oh, okay. Well. But it paints that picture of what actually happened. Does does body cameras help your profession? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, it's, ama- it's amazing. Like this the kind of stuff that just a couple years ago would have been like, he said, she said, it's like, I can see it. And, yeah. and it is, it is such a great tool. There's and, no um, more gray area. Yeah. I mean, like that story I told you about the, the traffic stop where the guy, you know, the guy, the, the, the guy watching the uh, vigil, I mean, you know, he filed a lawsuit before, excuse me, his estate, cause he's dead. His estate filed a lawsuit saying, this is his account. Like, this is what he says happened, but they hadn't actually seen the body camera footage. Mm. I've seen it. I've seen it now, and, and and yes, it's like mostly accurate. Um, it's not it's not inaccurate, but like I like know what happened. Like I don't have to just take his word for it, Correct. and then not have the department's response because the department never responds to a lawsuit. You know, there's an officer who probably wants to defend himself. <laughs> Going back to the very beginning of this conversation, there's an officer who probably wants to explain himself and say, "This is why I did this. I, I stand behind everything X Y Z," and and he can't. But I can watch his body camera now, and I know what he did. And I know what he said, and 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 frankly, people will still have opinions about it. But um, I, I I'm so thankful for that, and I'm I'm thankful for the stuff I was able to see about the gun trace task force. About you know, you only hear about when an op when a gun is found. And it was so interesting to see their work when they didn't find stuff, pulling people over, searching them, not finding stuff. And, see, and you know, I, as a white man, um, that doesn't happen to me. And it was interesting to see how that plays out. And, uh, you know, so, um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, read the book. Read the book. I, I, I think it has a lot of different perspectives. I think that people will assume that because it's about a police corruption scandal, that it's 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 a. Uh, it looks like an easy read, so like it's not like a what do you thousand mean? pages. What, what do you mean by that? It's like a book. picture book, yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's not, right. It's not a, it's Actually, not there's a, no dude, pictures in there, by the way. <laughs> it's, a, it's an easy read. Uh, I'm it kidding. Have a no, no, but, but but what I'm saying is like uh, like it uh. What was I gonna say? That's a good read, though. You know, that's like a good. That's a week right there, maybe less. I, I had one officer I know told me he hadn't read a book since 12th grade, and he said he read it in two days. So the challenge yes. is on. I want you both to read it in two days. Absolutely. Yeah. I, read I got that. you. Read three days. I did, it in, I, I did it in three days, and I was literally like before work, after work, and it was, yeah, it was. 
Like we were fighting. The challenge is on. Yeah. It's the page turner. Yeah. It's the page turner. Yeah. Um, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, man, like to see this going on from the people that was there, it's just crazy. It's like, what? Like, I'm glad you did it. And I appreciate what I mean, you do. Yeah, it needs yeah. to be done. Definitely. Man. You're and it kind of flashes back too. So it's like, it's dope. So like, like you just. It's, it's dope. It's dope. Because it's like, you, you can see where it stops and then it flashes back to like a court case and then gotcha. it comes back and catches you back up. Like, it's just, is it, it's, like I said, I don't know how people write like that, but it's just dope. That's, it was movie written. Like, it's dope. That's awesome. Yeah. That's why HBO picked it up. Absolutely. <laughs> exactly why they put the series out on it. All right. So, shout out to you, Justin. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you, guys. And uh, we appreciate you. Thanks for coming out tonight. It's amazing. And it's only going to get better. You going to come back out? Get I appreciate the conversation. No, it's no, really it good. Dope. We we have not we have not met before, right? Mm-mm, no. no, this is good. I enjoyed uh, talking to you. Yeah. And, and I guess I like that people get to see the way I talk to officers. Like this is this is how I talk to officers. So yeah, I've definitely seen you around, but this is our first time meeting. Oh yeah, yeah. You see me around, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you, yo, you, you, you be in the street. Keep my head on a swivel. Right. You, you, been on, you be on the streets. All right, we'll say there. hi next time. Absolutely. You outside. You right. outside. <laughs> but uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is it. Episode 63. Give a shout out to our brother, Justin Finn. We Appreciate on the streets. Him. Get his book, We on the Streets. No, we on the city. I'm sorry. It's out. We on the city. Pick it up. Read it. It'll give you a better uh, insight on the GTTF and what happened. But uh, we appreciate him for what he does as a journalist. And he appreciates us for what we do in law enforcement. And bridging the gap is key. You know, that's why this podcast came about. Only way we can get somewhere is having uncomfortable conversations and being okay when conducting such. So we love everybody. We appreciate you. Uh, Give a shout out to everybody. Stay safe. We love you. And this is episode 63. Dre, you got anything? Peace and love. Justin, would you like to give any shout outs, my friend? Yes, sir. Give it out. Books on uh, hardcover, ebook, audiobook, all fine uh, bookstores. Thank you for your support. Appreciate you. We, we own, own this city. That's it. Triple C, what you got? That's such man, a hard title. After us interviewing this, man, my, uh, Justin. Man, my mother probably think I'm a local celebrity now. (laughs) (laughs) We own the city. We own the city. Everybody pick up a copy. And uh, yellow tape, all that. All that. Yo, it's episode 63. Stay safe. Stay blessed. We love y'all. Talk to you next week. Be easy. Peace and love. Views and opinions expressed on the Silverback Podcast are those of the hosts, producers, and or the persons appearing on the program, and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the federal, state, or local government. This includes, but not exclusive to, the Department of Defense and or the Baltimore City Police Department.